So, uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, Wave Dash 15. And uh, today we're going to talk about getting into Tekken because it's kind of a hard game, kind of opaque, kind of hard to get into. Um, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, let's explore it. And uh, yeah, today I have some really cool guests. And let's start with the one and only Spag. Hello, guys. My name is Spag. Very nice to meet you. Hope you have a good episode today. Amazing legends we are joined with as well. Hope you guys in the chat are good. Drink water. Don't go outside. <laughs> and if you do go outside, wear a mask. You. Oh, I'm not going to swear. Mm. Right, okay. <laughs> you can't you swear. You dirty, dirty bitches. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. You got my back, bro. Wear a condom, wear a mask. <laughs> we don't want uh, your filth around here. <laughs> I'm also here, by the way. It's really great to be back. Yeah, the I, one I, and I, only I, frame I, whisper I, at Fergus. I follow that up. Like, <laughs> hello, 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 everyone. What they said, wear a mask and all that. <laughs> Just hi, I'm Fergus. And um, I'm very um, pleased to introduce for the first time on this podcast. Um, I asked, a lot of people ask me, who is Selena? So I'll allow Selena to introduce herself. Hello, guys. My name is Selena. Um, it's a great honor to be here. I hope you guys have a great time here. No, it's a great pleasure to have you. And um, yeah, Selena, is, um, your competitive background in gaming is in, is in Catherine, right? You play Catherine yes. competitively, so yes. that game that game has a scene. I was I was really surprised to find th this out. Um, like, can you tell us a bit about competitive Catherine? What is like? How do you play mm -hmm. Catherine competitively? Well, the whole point of the game is to climb up these uh, pile of blocks, and there's a goal up um, on the top. So um, basically, you just need to get there before your opponent does. But when you start to get better at the game, it's more like not just climbing, but actually pushing your opponent off the whole block. And like mm. falling is an instant death. So it, it kind of has a fighting game aspect as well. Okay, interesting. I, I saw Torquedo really into it. Um, yes. Yeah, and I beat him on stream. I feel bad. Oh, shit. You beat Torquedo. <laughs> wow. Yo. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you're quite new to Tekken, right, Selena? Like, how long yes. have you been playing it? Um, I've been playing that. since the end of October last year, so mm -hmm. uh, more than half a year. But um, still, yes, it hasn't been a year yet for me. So, okay, I'm okay. quite and new. Cool, cool. And um, it's great to have you here because we're like all old, fuzzy old men, <laughs> and, and like we we started playing Tekken years, perhaps even decades ago. So, like, it's it's really good to have uh, someone for whom the the learning process of Tekken is still completely fresh, um, or relatively yeah. fresh. Um, so it's good to have that perspective. Um, and anyway, let's 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 dive into the questions. And the first question is um, for everyone: What were or are your personal biggest challenges with getting into Tekken? Mm. For me, um, the biggest challenge to get into Tekken, there, you know what? There wasn't any man. The, to be honest, there was for me. Like I just liked the game. I played it casually for a lot, a lot of time, and um, I suppose, um, from yeah, for me there was there was no challenge, man. You know, if you like a game enough, you're gonna play it. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, Tekken for a long time has been like the only game pretty much that I fully play. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there was any challenge, man. When it's the only game you play, pretty much, you know, it, it mm. is what it is, isn't it? 
You don't play any other video games, Spag? Like you're not really into, like I mean, on a competitive level. Oh no, 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 not on a competitive level, man. Nah, like you know, because for me, every time that I was, because everyone keeps talking about how like you know, Tekken's a really hard game. It's a hard game, and you know, I spent a lot, a lot of time in in getting good at the game. And it's like now, if I think about, like I wanted to play Street Fighter, I was like, let me learn this game, and I still kind of want to. But I think about how long it was to learn Tekken. I'm like, I don't want to do that again. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it won't even take that long. Maybe Tekken is actually just a lot harder to learn and longer to learn than other games. But yeah, that kind of you just jump, stuff. right? You just jump around and throw balls and take five minutes. It seems like that's what you do in this game as well now. But you know, it, but it, <laughs> it now is it, it is, is now. Yeah, not really started, but it is now. Yeah, all right. There, there was no challenge for me anyway. Yeah, um, I think you know different games bring different different challenges. I, I think Tekken is is definitely it's, it's always cited as being one of the hardest fighting games to get into, and, and yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many reasons for mm. that. Um, but, but how about you? How about you, Frame? Like, what were your challenges? Well, you wanted I, to attack tag two, right? Yeah, I guess the biggest challenge for me, it, the principal challenge in my entire life, is that I'm I happen to be Swedish, which is never easy. But uh, when you get really into uh, a fighting game like Tekken, and all of these, like all the content you consume on it, everything you try and learn about it, it it's happening somewhere really far away, and you're kind of isolated in a place where you don't have arcades there's almost no local scene to speak of um and everybody constantly tells you that online is you know non-valid and really crap but you really want to get good at it and get into it and learn more so i guess uh that there was a lot of like disillusion for me with that in the beginning made me feel weird about the game but uh, pretty much like spag once i was interested in it and hooked on it um, and I had a bit of a rivalry with a couple of my friends. Um, I just sank deeper and deeper into it, and uh, it's replaced almost all the other games I play. But it, I didn't have any difficulty getting into it, but I think it is a difficult game, but you need to get interested in learning it and hooked on that experience. And then yeah. that's what you consume, you know, almost obsessively. Um, so it's not about the game being difficult per se. You have to become addicted to the process of getting better. Uh, and then that stops mattering, you know? Yeah. I think having a rival is such a great motivator as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I, I mean, I definitely remember having, you know, a bunch of friendly rivalries when I was getting to tech and, and I guess it's a bit harder now in an online environment. Uh, which is a bit worrying. But how about you, Fergus? How did you get into Tekken? And what were your, um, cha- what were your challenges you faced when, whilst getting into it? I played in the last few months of Tekken 6. Like, we had a local for Tekken 6, like, very small. So I entered one of the tournaments there, and I learned a little bit there. But I'd say I started properly in Tekken 2. And at the rent, around the same time, I started streaming. So mm-hmm. I was a bit more lucky than most people, because mm-hmm. I didn't have to lab or research so much. Because I could just ask my chat, you know, how do I deal with this? Or what was this move on block and stuff like that? So I could learn. My, my learning was a bit accelerated because of that. Yeah. So, so I did. The, but I won't lie, though. I did almost quit the game like eight times. Because Tag 2, if your first Tekken competitively was Tag 2, it's hard, man. It's really hard. Oh, because yeah, yeah. the roster was huge. You had to learn the tag mechanics, uh, tag assault combos. You know, there's like... Per team, you have to learn like maybe ten to fifteen different combo rates. Mm. So yeah. there's a lot, a lot of learning, and there's a lot of investment. So um, that was the biggest challenge for me, like learning the system itself of tag two, like the mechanics, the tag assault system, as well as playing two characters at once against two characters. Yes. So that was a big thing. 
It's a lot. Yeah, Tag Two is rough. Tag Two is a rough game for sure. Tag Two like made me kind of put down Tekken for a good year. And oh, we'll get into this question later because that, that's another topic to go on. Like, did you ever give up Tekken? But Selena, what are the challenges you're kind of dealing with while trying to get into Tekken? What are the big obstacles for you? Well, compared to I started uh, playing fighting games kind of competitively uh, starting from Street Fighter V. Um, so I always compare it with that game. And compared to that game, personally, I feel like it's, a, it's much easier for me to get in and... Uh, with that being said, um, my problems, I, ha- I still have a lot of problems, like, you know, the basic things like frame data, you know, that, that's, that's still hard for me to kind of understand. And when I stream, I have uh, Japanese viewers and American viewers uh, giving me tips. And mm-hmm. the number of notations are different in Japanese and English. Mm-hmm. And that gets me yeah. confused as well, too. I'm starting to get the hang of it. But um, first of all, all those those, uh, those basic things. Uh, were hard to start with and because I use King um, chain throws that was one of the biggest thing that I wanted to get down but was really hard and even now like I technically I know four chain throws but I only use two in the actual uh, matches so I Mm -hmm. want to be able to you know find the right timing and stuff like that it's still kind of hard for me to especially uh, against tricky characters like Lucky Chloe and the matchups, uh, I'm still in the middle of trying to learn that too. Oh, yeah. So many matchups in tech. And I mean, you know, there are literally 49 characters at this point. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean j- just to focus, like, what are the challenges? I mean, you focus, you play some Street Fighter as well. And, and I, I actually I started fighting games. Uh, my The first game I tried to get into competitive was Third Strike. But if you had to compare the, the challenges between getting into a 2D game, like Street Fighter V or, or Third Strike or whatever, and a 3D game like Tekken, what are the specific challenges between 2D and 3D? Well, I mean, in 2D, like the obvious thing is like there's a lot less to learn. Like there's a lot less moves in, uh, generally per character, so there's a lot of there's a lot less like knowledge checks in a way. Mm-hmm. Like getting like I've experienced this right now in Soul Calibur. Like getting into a new th- new 3D fighting game, there is so much you need to know before you can really play the game. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone if some guy is just doing a plus and block move on you and just rinsing frame traps. But you don't notice, you know, you're just gonna lose over and over again. Mm. So in in 3D games, you know, there's a lot more knowledge checks you have to you have to know before you can really start learning how to play the neutral aspect, how to apply mind games, offense, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I came from a 2D background. So I already understood some like the very universal concepts like uh, frame trapping, spacing a little bit. So I had that knowledge going to Tekken. So mm. it's just a matter of translating that into the third dimension essentially yeah 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 um and like, anyone else you want to chime in on like comparing the difficulties <clears throat> between 2d and 3d i'm completely disinterested in 2d unfortunately but it is an interesting point that uh there is a language you know uh mm-hmm. to fighting games uh, there's a, a whole lot of terminology and like selena said it's different in, in Japan and abroad, and then it's obviously different across games as well. Yeah. Um, and so talking about like the concept of a combo, just you know, something as simple as that is extremely different if you're looking at like, I don't know, ultimate uh, killer instinct or or Tekken. So I guess that might be one big challenge because you start um, as a new player, I think most people now get hooked because they look at 
content relating to the game and you're listening to commentary or whatever and it's just all of these terms that probably sound uh, like a completely different language unless you know them so i guess i mean i don't know about you guys but for me i just listened to it so much that i started under understanding what everything referred to from context um but the, but there's no universal like uh, fighting game dictionary either. Like uh, people have been uh, saying to me in my comments, like that I should refer to while standing as while rising. You know, that's a debate as old as time in Tekken as well. Semantics, yeah. So the language is a big challenge, I think. Yeah, especially for new people. Yeah. Mm. Um, I I personally like because I tried to learn Third Strike in Tekken Five, um, like around the same kind of time, and. It's, and I, Third Strike is often cited as being one of the harder Street Fighter games or 2D games to play, but I found it much, much easier to get into, mainly because, as Fergus was saying, there weren't so many knowledge checks. Like, I, I felt like I, I could get to the meta of the game much more quickly. Um, whereas with Tekken, I felt there were these constant barriers between me playing fundamentals-based Tekken and... For me, getting into Tekken at first, that, that was the most frustrating thing. It's like, why are you giving me all this homework to do? Can I just go home and play? You know, that, that's, that's really how I felt. Um, yeah, I mean, Selena, comparing Street Fighter V and Tekken 7, <clears throat> like, what are the different challenges for you? For me, it's simply, uh, I'm probably not very good at 2D fighting games because compared to 3D fighting games, they don't give you much option of escaping from your opponent, whereas in tech and you could sidestep and you, there are more options of you getting away from your opponent. So mm. that really made it easy for me to get into Tekken compared mm. to other 2D fighting games. See, that's mm. why I find it easier because it, it in Street Fighter, your, your options are limited, but that's why it's yes. simple. Like you can either mash out, you can either block or do a, like a random DP. Um, mm -hmm. Like at higher levels, you can do like option selects and stuff like that. But but generally, it's it's. But in Tekken, there's so much to to factor in. Like, does this move crush? Can I sidestep it? Can I backdash it? Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I can see how having um, more options can be easier as well. Spag, I mean, last last time, last, last yeah. time I was on the show, the, what I said, the, the reason I loved the game was because of what Selena said. Is because yeah, there's yeah. always an option, right? Something Ryan yeah. Hart touched upon as well is that you have, if you if you died in a certain situation, if you analyze it, if you slow it down, you say, hey, if I did this in this situation, I could have got out of it. Whereas I think in some 2D games, I'm not naming any 2D games in particular, but you know, some 2D games, I, I feel like in this in a certain situation, it was just a 50-50 and it's like cool, like you just guessed wrong. Many times, it's like, I just didn't guess right. You know, there was not much you could do. Um, maybe you could have backed that. But for, for, for Tekken, it's like, okay, you could sidestep left, sidestep right, sidewalk left, sidewalk right, backdash. Um, you can sidestep left and duck, sidestep right and duck. And there's so many little things you could do, um, you know, even using your move in, in, in defense, you know, using a magic four or a jab. And, you know, just so many things you could do. And I think when you break it down and you, and you, and you explain it to someone, which is what I have been doing in the past you know, week. I've been doing uh, these analysis videos and I've been talking to people on my stream and saying, hey, you know, if you do this in this situation or this is why this person died here, it breaks it down and people can understand it and get their head around it. So, yeah, yeah I think I, I really like that about the game as well. It's, it is, it, of course, like it, the more options obviously is more complicated, but yeah. when you break it down, I think people will understand it and it wouldn't be too, too hard to comprehend. Yeah. 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 Well... Mm. Let, let's 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 hop on to the next question. Um, like this is something that Fergus touched upon earlier. Have you ever given up Tekken for a period of time? If so, why? What made you quit, and why did you come back? 
I've never me, quit uh, game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, it's because I um like if it wasn't for my stream chat telling me to like kind of man up a bit, <laughs> I think I would quit Tekken a long time ago. Because <laughs> you know, like I run into a new matchup, I don't know what's going on. I'm just getting rinsed over and over again. It's frustrating, right? It, it kind of puts you off the game. Mm. And then you know, my chat will like I would have been 18, 19 learning type two, and I was a lot more like antsy and stuff like that back then. So I was like more prone to being angry and just salt. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. so um, I often, you know, say in my chat like, you know, what the fuck is going on? What, what do I do against this? This is just annoying. I'm just getting blown up. Uh, it it kind of took like a year of that for me to get anywhere near comfortable to be actually be able to play how I want. For sure. And for yeah, sure. no, I owe a lot to my stream chat for just being like. And, and uh, also, Fergus, you said about like you told me anyway about your your local scene in Tag Two. It was kind of there, right? Yeah, um, we had a local scene for a couple of months when the game came out, but I think it's the same in most places. Like it just kind of died out after the new game hype. So yeah, I pretty much learned the game off online almost exclusively. Mm. Like it came to a point where I played on offline more in other countries than I have in my own country. So it kind of got to that point. But yeah, no, definitely definitely wanted to quit a lot. <laughs> yeah. Starscream was talking about this on the last episode where salt, like, can it, it is good in moderation. And not even in moderation, like even if you're very salty, but it's all about how you use it. Like I think any strong competitive player isn't going to take losing lying down they'll be like no i want to improve i i want to get better but it's whether you um take that and turn to something constructive or you just kind of get angry about it um and there's a lot of yeah as someone was saying in the chat salt makes food tasty right so this is putting a positive spin on it um yeah how, how, how about the, the rest of you guys i mean have you ever quit tekken if so why or any fight i've never game, really game, i've really. never uh i've never quit the game uh, i've been at least thinking about it and occasionally playing it and sometimes obsessively playing it a lot since I started. But I have quit uh, actively playing online twice. Uh, first time was uh, started this year when Leroy came out. Mm. And uh, second time was recently because of fucking rum. Um, yeah. when the, because I know I, I, I go on about balance and I bitch about it. Um, but it's uh, for me like when the balance is so whack, especially with uh, underpowered characters, I can deal with. They're kind of interesting to me because it becomes like a challenge. But overpowered characters, when it doesn't matter uh, that I put in this effort and try and do better, because you can just make an arbitrary choice that puts you ahead of me, then the game becomes uninteresting. Mm. Uh, and it's also less interesting to make content about it because for me, it's just like this. It's the foundation that everything else rests on is balance. But um luckily we live in the i guess not luckily because maybe it's part of the problem but games can change now they don't come out and then they're the same forever and so because uh and maybe like i said maybe that is part of the problem because most of the balance issues have been dlc so far but there's always hope that we might get back back to a better place in the future and so yeah i always find myself coming back to Tekken, but i've never uh, considered quitting the game. I, I do get it's so interesting. Fergus uh, brought up age, and I think it's such a good point because if I got into Tekken when I was young enough that I couldn't take the frustration and salt mm. and sort of let it motivate me, uh, then I I might have quit because you know when you're young, um, you don't have an experience that kind of experience. You you're a little bit of a bitch, you know, as a person still. 
definitely. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think maybe that's why you see so many. I mean, we have an older player community in general. I think it takes some maturity to be able to take that frustration and, and work with it and turn it into something for me like if i quit taking up because it's frustrating that means that every single like every single annoying fucking pussy i had to play on uh, against online <laughs> beat me like that's the only way they can ultimately defeat you if is if you just leave and give up but as long as you don't give up and keep coming back then you're always going to get better so uh, yeah, yeah. E- e- everyone loses but only losers quit Basically, that that's yeah. Message. I think I, I saw um, Keats made a really good tweet on that topic recently. Actually, um, actually that's a that's a good that's a good topic to bring up the age of tech end players. But um, like when I look at my analytics on YouTube, most people watching uh, our vids are like age twenty five to thirty four. That's and which is quite a bit older than most competitive games. Like like Selena, what's the average age of a uh, Catherine player? Ooh, very young, actually. Um, youngest was like eighteen, I think. But overall, it's between eighteen to maybe twenty-five-ish. Very young. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I guess I noticed. What did you notice when you got into the Tekken scene? It was it like who are all these like? Oh, even in Japan, old... yes. Oh, well, I wouldn't say oldies, but y- uh, you know, um, mature people. Yeah, I yeah, say. yeah, mature. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it's a legacy game, though. It's it's a legacy game. I mean, actually, I can see everyone has beards here, but a bit of gray, like flashing as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's a legacy game. I mean, Tekken One came out in nineteen ninety four, and like really, Tekken Seven's kind of an iteration of Tekken Five. Ultimately, that same basic formula. So, yeah, like this game's been around for a while. Like, like it's, it's fundamentally the same game since. Uh, 2005, of course, with lots of you know alterations and amendments and whatnot. Um, on that point, because Tekken 7 is basically Tekken 5.7, it's often criticized as being too bloated. Like, there's too much stuff. There are too many moves. There are too many characters. There's just too much nonsense and unnecessarily difficult for that reason. Do you agree? Do you think there's too much fluff, there's too much bloat, there's too much bullshit in Tekken? Yeah, you could get rid of some stuff if you wanted to make it easier to get into. Selena talked about like chain grabs earlier. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which is which is a little bit of a and I, I like I'm not gonna like try and like, you know, be the sensei here or anything, but I made a video like two years ago where I or two days ago where I talked specifically about new King players shouldn't go into practice mode and worry about doing chain grabs right away because ultimately not super useful. But if they learn how to buffer a giant swing out of jabs, uh, that's like super useful, uh, even at a high level. So I think like getting rid of stuff that might distract new players might make it easier for them to get into the game. But I liked the fact when i was new and didn't know anything i loved the fact that the game was so complex and there was so Mm. much to it and i think i kind of want it to be a game that attracts people who get excited by that yeah yeah so i i i I want the game to be the way it is right now i understand the frustration of new people but i would love for people to fall in love with all the little weird strangenesses in tekken and i think those are the guys who and gals stick with the game, you know, long term in the end anyway. Mm. Yeah, mm. that takes tenacity. Yeah. 
to, to stick with Tekken. I mean, it, it's an it's it's an incredibly frustrating game at times. Um, so you really need to be resilient and keep the right the right uh, mindset. I mean, I think you know even if you lose a match, you need to be able to see the little victories within that match because often whether a match comes down to a win or a loss can sometimes be kind of arbitrary. It's like, did that person get that counter hit on the right frame or not? But maybe during that match, you did a lot of right things, which you can take from. Or, um, you know, you probably also made a lot of mistakes as well, which you should try to learn from. So, yeah, it's, it's about it's about encouraging yourself with those little victories. Um, so there's, there's mm-hmm. a... Oh, sorry, did you want to add something to that? No, no. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So there's, I made a little list here of, like, commonly cited... Um, bloat or fluff or just bullshit um that's in Tekken that maybe we should get rid of um that's just Mm. kind of there for no reason and doesn't serve any purpose other than to serve as an obstacle to getting into the game now let me know if you agree um and yeah chat also let me know and you know of course you guys let me know too uh 10 hit combos is this a good addition is it just legacy (laughs) nonsense I think it should you go, know, to be honest. Really? Why? Because it, it, for like people who invest in this game a bit more than a casual level, it's literally just a knowledge check. Like, I don't even know my own character's 10-hit string, for example. It's just yeah. like, like, I get they're good for like casuals to like, oh, I can do a cool combo, you know? It, it looks really cool. Mm. But like, they're, they're, as they introduce more characters into Tekken, there's going to be more 10 hit strings that we have to know mm. just to not get because they do a lot of damage, right? If you, if yeah. you don't block this low, they do a lot of damage and it can be legit. Like, like whenever I go to a tournament, I don't know many 10 hit strings and I'm going to ruin myself here. I just pray my opponent doesn't do it. Yeah. And some of them are really good. Like, like King's one is actually really tricky because he goes mm. from his down forward two into like, this flying kick high mid low or a quick mid low it's, it's it's actually really tricky to low parry king's two 10 hit combo variations properly mm-hmm. and especially online it, it's just it's just really annoying to deal with um yeah but yeah like what, what any other opinions on 10 hit combo i mean you know um i saw arslan playing with zafina versus a top another top player and that guy didn't know the 10 he won us a whole round because zafina's one has a low which is a trip into like the uh, forward one plus two push. Yeah. And so he does a lot of damage. And <laughs> he did that like four times mm-hmm. and he won the round. <laughs> it was super funny because the other guys are really good player and he made him look like an absolute noob. And, you know, yeah. I myself have, as, as well have lost because of 10 hit strings in, 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 in certain matches. Like, I don't, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Like, so yeah, they, they are. But I know that as a casual, I remember when I was playing as a kid, it's like, you know, I knew a 10 hit combo. I was like, yeah, man, I'm gassed. Like I knew it. You know, you learn them, you go into the practice mode, you just, you, you grind it and you learn it. It's cool. It's really, I'm thinking as a casual, you know, it was really fun. I'm guessing a lot of other people are like, yeah, I know the tenet combo, bro. Come at me in a money match. Like people get gassed when they learn this. And I think it's cool. So you have to balance it. I suppose. That's, I, I guess us as uh, competitive players, Fergus made a good point. You know, it's just, you have to learn, like you have to learn all of them. What <laughs> if someone comes at you and starts doing yeah. Armor King's tenet combo? It's like, shit, I ain't seen this before. <laughs> and you get yeah, the really, I, I wouldn't even like, know that like at all. Yeah. yeah, like, you know... And when there are 50 and, and characters, are like, like, are you serious? Like, Yeah, really? you need to learn all of them. Like, Yoshimitsu, a lot of people... Like, there's some tenet combos which you, and everyone knows, like, um, like Yoshimitsu's and uh, yeah. and Jin's, you know, people, you know, when they know when to duck the little, the high... A lot of people used to do them online. And uh, so there's more 
so like Nina has a really good one as well, doesn't she? Like her one has actually, I think her launches or something. Yeah. If you get hit by the load. The end, the legit, yeah. the end of, yeah. So some of them are very common, right? But um, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. To be honest, tenet combos. Yeah, should we get rid of them? I don't know, man. That's crazy. That's a that's a that's a controversial one right there, man. Mm. Yeah, I, like, I couldn't Christmas tell you. But I don't have an opinion. Yeah. Like, honestly, Christmas trees aren't necessary, but you know that's not what tradition is about either. Mm. I mm. kind of feel like they've all always been in Tekken. I knew, but I didn't play Tekken as a kid. But you know, friends had Tekken two and three on on PlayStation, and and I they just feel like a part of the game to me um so yeah if you want to make it more casual friendly it's definitely something that could go because you could count the useful ones on one hand it's like gigas maybe fang uh law scrubs use his as a round ender uh but uh, like i said earlier I'm, I'm not sure i want the game to be more approachable i want people to be excited about the fact that it is a huge mountain to climb so I'm fine, but like you said, it's like you can play Tekken for like months and never see one, so it doesn't become a huge issue. So maybe just let's get the message out there, those of us who make content about the game, that if you are new, don't sit around and practice it too much because it's ultimately not very useful. And uh, I mean, you know, maybe you you take a sneak around on somebody in a tournament a couple of years from now, but it's it's more important to worry about things like uh, when to sidestep and stuff like that. Yeah. Selena, what are your thoughts on uh, 10 hit strings? Do you use them? And well, do you find them a nuisance? No, um, first of all, uh, I can't do uh, one for king. And being in my rank, I don't really experience that myself, uh, like my opponent doing that to me. Um, my highest is Vindicator, but um, I don't really find a lot of players doing that uh, 10 string combo to begin with. But I have a very neutral feeling about that because personally, I like challenges. I it's really satisfying when you can finally do something that you've been practicing forever. So mm. I think having something like that makes the game more interesting in my mm. opinion. But then again, uh, like others said, um, it may be kind of hard for uh, the new players to come in and when they see that they're, they might get discouraged thinking that they have to do this in order to be a decent player or something like that. Um, I, I know a lot of people who, hesitate to go to uh offline events for tekken because it just seems hard like everything just keeps on going the combo never ends um so i have a mixed feeling of that as well yeah Mm. yeah i I mean just just chime in on my thoughts on 10 hit combos i think they're sort of i think they have to go and i think they're kind of emblematic of a lot of the problems with tekken um because, like, put put yourself in the shoes of a player who's who's playing Tekken for the first time. You go into training mode, and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> where do I start?" And you go into the command list, and you scroll down, and you think, "Okay, what's the best move?" Ah, yeah, this 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 one at the bottom. This does a lot of damage. It says ten hit combo. It's not even a combo. <laughs> it's a string. That's a good point. They're yeah. not actually combos. That's uh, that's uh, yeah. very misleading. Right, there's a lot of stuff in the training mode that that's that's misleading, and it, it it totally starts you off on the wrong foot. And it's if you talk to a lot of people, like we're all Tekken nerds, so we kind of know that Tekken's about movement, spacing, fundamentals, all that kind of stuff. But if you talk to most, like you know, casual, normal people, what is Tekken? They think it's like a dialer combo, ten hit strings. That's the association of Tekken, and it's so misleading. 
It's so misleading. Um, and it strings and raid charts. That's what I see people complain about. They say it's all about learning the 10 hit string. And then when you get low, getting your raid chart out as soon as possible. And it's like the two things that will get you consistently killed right away uh, against a good player is like attempting your 10 string and uh, doing a raid chart when you're not supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe, you know, they learn the 10 string and then after a week, hopefully they see somewhere online somebody say that maybe that's not the right thing to focus on. I don't know. I'm, I mean, Fram, you, you mentioned like something about tra tradition earlier. I mean, that, that's up to yeah. tradition. And honestly, I, I think like the developers shouldn't be afraid to get rid of some sacred cows when it comes to tech end. It shouldn't be like, this has always been in tech end and so it shall always be. I just think that's very dogmatic and inflexible. Um, and honestly, I, I think it's a very um, it's a very kind of old Japanese dev way of going about game design, and I don't think it's good game design. That's that, that's the main I, thing. I completely see your point, actually, when you put it that way. Honestly, like if it doesn't really matter to the advanced players whether it's there or not, then maybe it is fair to start getting rid of superfluous things if it makes the game simpler and, and easier and, and more. Um, understandable and and intuitive for, for for newer players so now that i think about it like i i kind of like the fact that they exist because i you know they remind me of tekken but then again if they're a non-factor then yeah maybe get rid of them yeah i i yeah. mean I, when i just like to separate between depth and we'll get into like what is the idea of depth later but depth and stuff and it's very easy to confuse these like it, yeah. it, it's easy to like like oh this this game has a bunch of characters they all have a million moves they all have a million strings but that can be very very shallow like just learning when to parry the low in a ten hit string it's not fun it's just book learning um, yeah. and and you know I think the question shouldn't be like is this tradition is it a challenge it should be is this fun and and I just don't think ten hit strings are fun. Fundamentally, that's that's my biggest problem with them. Um, I guess yeah, for for you it's not fun, but you know, for me it was when I was learning as a character. And I, I guess you know yeah. that's the thing. We also need to balance <clears throat> between. I mean, not everything should be taken into consideration by thinking about the competitive players. You know, we are the minority at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So yeah. if people do find these kind of strengths, you know, and not everyone's going to also be playing Tekken in ranked and trying to improve. Some people are just going to you know play with their mates or you know be uh, or have fun just doing. You know, <clears throat> um, someone ran some random characters tenet combos on them and winning. You know, they they play on the weekends when their boys come over or something. It's just like you know, we got to think about them people too. And I guess if it's not that much of a factor for us as competitive players, then it shouldn't be. Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be an an, an issue in, in general. You know, if if like Fergus said, oh man, you know, all these people like there's so many tenet combos, but you know, some of them are legit. Some of them, I was thinking about it because when I saw Arslan do that Tenet combo on this person, I thought, damn, like, this is something you got to learn. But hey, if you're competitive players playing Tekken, there's a lot of things you got to learn that are deeper than these Tenet combos, you know? Mm, yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe actually go and, and, <laughs> and learn them, you know, if they are dangerous, if they're dangerous. Someone might do it. Someone might do Gigas's Tenet combo on you and you won't have any idea what's going on. That's a no, good one, actually. <laughs> because, uh, it's a fast poke string. Dotering uses it a lot because people are so used to him doing one or two hits maximum, and then he does that, and it's like three or four, and people get caught. Um, so that's one of the better ones. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think you, we need to take it from that from that point. If it's not too much of a hindrance for the competitive players, if it's just you know, oh, I've got to go in and lab it, uh, do it. You know, you're a competitive player. This is your job. This is what you're doing. You know, you're trying to compete. <laughs> and and for the casuals, you know, if if they find it fun, keep it. Let just keep it in, man. You know, let them, let them have fun. I guess your point, um, Aria, was about you know starting people off the wrong foot. Mm. Yes, in this game it would, <clears throat> but. I think later on we're going to talk about you know what they could do to make it easier and mm. basically not get them off to the wrong foot. But and you can do that while keeping tenant combos in the game. You know, as long as they change other things in the game as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so I mean, this is a similar topic. I mean, we're just going to go through a bunch of different types of moves and go for like a yay or nay. So ten hit combos are all kind of mixed on that. King's multi throws. Now a lot of people think like, oh, this is so annoying. I just have to learn the throws and learn when to press one and learn when to press two and it's just such a time waste what are your guys thoughts on that 10 hit 10 what so what are you saying the the king's chain throws yeah the chain throws the multi throws yeah um so i think they're good they're useful you know um i think there's not many people that know how to do um they basically as soon as as soon as you're getting chain throwed it's immediately you know, just mashing. You just mash, mash, mash. Uh, like I was, I remember I was watching Asim versus Gerlanda. And Asim, as you guys know, one of the best players in Europe. And Gerlanda as well. Gerlanda switched to King and he started chain grabbing. And then I'm sitting on the floor right next to Asim. Asim looks at me and goes, what do I do? <laughs> he just mashing. I go, I don't know, mash, just mash. So none of us knew. Like, you just mash one, two, one, two, one, plus two. Some people actually do it. So, I mean, I think, you know, if you're a competitive player, you should be going in and actually learning all the situations. But it is a lot. It is a lot of information, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know it can be hard for people to learn all that and remember it. It's a lot of information, but yeah. if you're trying to get good in the King matchup, and again, he is one of the only characters that had has this, this kind of mechanic. Um, Got to learn it, man. Yeah. yeah. I think my one problem with chain throws, well, there, there's that one thing where it's so specific, like learning how to sidestep or, or punish is something that makes you better at Tekken in general, but learning the specific break for the third sequence in a chain throw is so specific that it might seem, you know, a little bit unfair. I don't have a problem with that. My only problem with it is that um, it stops the match and forces a quick time event, which makes the match very undynamic and it kind of traps one player and makes him play this a prolonged sort of mini game with the opponent. So I would prefer if they were just over faster or if they had shorter sequences. Because we talked about like Geese last episode, how I managed to go to the toilet and come back while he yep. was comboing me. And one of the frustrations of Tekken, I actually read a psychological study on this. Some like really clever people at a university studied like what pisses people off when they play video games. And like the really big thing was Downtime. loss of control. Yeah. yeah, loss of control. When something's happening on the screen and no matter what you do with the controller, like you can't like break out or, or uh, affect it. When you're in the middle of a true combo in tech and that's what, what's happening to you. So I guess like my one problem with chain throws is that all of a sudden I'm playing Resident Evil 4 and I have to press <laughs> the thing to dodge the boulder. And then I go back to the fighting game and now I start playing the match again. So I would I would like for them to just be a little bit like, I guess over faster and a little bit more dynamic from a gameplay perspective, but I also completely agree with, with Spag that it's like the 10 hit string. It's just, if you want to get into this game, um, you better learn it. And if you don't, that's fine. But then, you know, all of a sudden you're going to run into somebody who uses it and now, and now you're going to get fucked. And, you know, 
Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. You know, I remember like they made me think of flipping four guys. You know, when these I, I got pissed, I get pissed off every time someone <laughs> grabbed me in that game. You know, these little goo goo gaga four year olds when they grab you, oh, that shit pisses me off. I think you got a point there, bro. You got a good point there, man. Shit, loss of loss of control, man. You know, these guys grab you, you can't move. It's like get off me, man. Yeah, yo, it's really funny as well. The most interesting thing about that study, I'm going to find it so you guys can look at it because what they did is they made people play this basic video game. And when they had experienced the loss of control and high levels of frustration, the next thing that the testers did is the person next to them had to keep their hands in really cold ice water. And the person who played the video game got to decide when the person gets to take his hands out. And the people who were pissed off about the video game let the person keep the hands in the ice water longer because you get so pissed, you're prepared to actively allow somebody to physically suffer next to you. Like, it, like, it, becomes, like it becomes so fucking tangible in the real world. And that's the same fucking thing as throwing controllers. Like, I have one of my best friends in the entire world. We used to crawl through the arcades here when we moved to Japan and, and when Tekken 7 was new and it was the best time. But... I saw him like he's the sweetest guy ever, but he was losing against this bitch in an online match. And um, his friend was like on the chair next to him because we have those these broad benches in the arcade. You know, you can sit next to each other. Oh yeah. And he was like, "Dude, just just do down forward one and whatever." And he got so pissed that he just pushed, you know, this guy, and he fell over. Ooh. Like Gee, and and and, and, and like the and the, because we were fucking around, but the room went quiet because mm. oh, like. Yeah. It, 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 it like it crossed the line right there you know mm -hmm. so with the, with that i just try and be like no this is like the game and and the world and the universe is testing me now i have to choose what i want to do here and i'm not going to encourage that part of myself you know but it is really interesting um that the loss of control aspect the longer a combo is the more it's like whatever you know that's a that's a really yeah. really good point and whenever whenever you talk to um kind of like an outsider perspective or even a lot of um you know, competitive, really hardcore Tekken players, they, they often cite combos as just being too long, too one-player, too boring, too hands-off. And I kind of want to just quickly ask everyone, do you think the combo system in, in Tekken 7 needs to be redesigned? Does it need to be looked at? Would it's you prefer something shorter. short and simple like Soul Calibur or Virtua Fighter? Like, like just four or five compact hits, pop, pop, pop knock down, you know, something more visceral and to the point? Would you prefer that? Isn't yes, that more, I mean, isn't that a kind of subjective thing as well, though? Like, you know, of... Yes, yeah, so, totally subjective. Um, like, some people, people some people really like the, the combos and how they look, you know, like, yeah. and the fact that they are long. It's like, wow, that's so cool. Look how long that combo was, you know, da da da, da. It's like, visually, people really like it. I guess some people are like, nah, it's too long. It's annoying. Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, you know, like like Frame said with that study, if you're just getting comboed for flipping half an hour, it's like the same mm. fun. I ain't playing this no more, man. You know, mm. um, so you have to strike a balance again, and it's yeah. all depends on what people like. You know, um, I'm I'm indifferent about it because of course I played Tekken Five and I played I played Tekken Seven, you know, and Tekken Tag Two, you know, which is very combo heavy. You know, it's a crazy yeah. combo game, um, and I'm okay with with anything, but. For me, just for combos, when it comes to the you know the combos, this is a separate topic, but it's about you know how tailspins have forward momentum, and it's one of the reasons why we have such crazy wall carry with every character. I think that's the only thing I would want to basically look at. But other than that, I I don't know honestly. You know, yeah. even if you look at was it Tekken Revolution, that was yeah. a bit more simple when it comes to combos, right? It was great. It was I love yeah. Tekken Revolution for that, but I think because uh, the the spin or the bound becomes the it sort of 
homogenizes combos and makes them similar across the cast. The problem with Revolution is you had like Kunimitsu who can like just keep going with the stance, you know, and finish with the mm. get really good damage. And then you have characters who are shit at that and they get so their combo damage becomes so much worse. So some sort of compromise in between. But I honestly think like a return to bound could be interesting over spin. Mm. I think I don't know what you guys had. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Uh, sorry. That's because um, the worst experience I had for combo lens was a uh, vanilla Skullgirls. Like, and that game, that game literally had three second combos and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then and then the ender was a reset. So if you guessed wrong, you're in another 30 second combo. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I, I played someone who knew all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm never touching this game again. Because mm. it, it, was, it, was it was like watching an interactive movie. Like, yeah. I just saw myself just die. Like, the hits in that game were like very little. So you're just watching yourself slowly die, then get reset, and then slowly yeah. die again. So there has to be obviously like a like a middle ground. Like I don't, I never thought Tekken tech, combos were that long. Like maybe I'm biased because I'm a Tekken player, yeah. but I never thought they were relatively. That bad. Yeah, like if you can yeah. command them to a typical like you know air dash or any anime game or whatever, they're actually quite tame. But I, I don't think generally. I think Tekken appeals to a broader more quote-unquote casual audience and i and i just don't i think they've gone in the wrong direction i think they're more of a hindrance than a help to tekken at this mm. point um i mean selena what are your thoughts would you prefer shorter combos or long combos well when i first started tekken um honestly it did make i say this during stream too it's like when's it my turn yeah. i have to mm. yeah. wait for everything to and especially when you're really new to the game you you really don't know like how long that combo is like how how much more do i have to wait and it's just it does get overwhelming however um king's throw combo uh does me wonders so um i really yeah. don't want that now where you run and grab them and, and slam them down do you yes. do that in your combos okay yes and um like i said in my rank uh i'd say 70 percent of people can't break my throws so for me it does me a lot of pain. i understand like as i go more on the top there are going to be players that you know obviously know how to break throws and you can't just spam that so um i'm gonna have to you know stop that habit at some point but um for a beginner as a king player um you remember two throw combos and it does you a lot of help so okay. uh I'm biased, but as a king player, I don't want that to go away. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. and it's like when when you question players of different levels, like what is super strong? Uh, I, I what rank are you at, Selena? Like, uh, my highest is Vindicator. Yeah, yeah. So I generally at that kind of like yellow rank, players often like throws are broken, especially before Tekken Seven when they mm. were much harder to break. So mm. characters like King at that level are extremely, extremely strong. I think. Like when you get to orange ranks, players constantly um, uh, comment about Horang, Asuka. <laughs> like these characters are just, oh, he just <clears throat> he does strings all day. There's nothing I can do about it. Oh, uh, Asuka, mm. just like, ah, uh, you know, I can't, I can't pressure mm. her ever. Like different levels. Bro, you're crazy, is that, like, bro? Like those characters are bullshit in flipping high level too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Horang yeah. is annoying, man. The strings, bro. Like, you know, yeah. but you know, even King's King's multi throws. They're good at high level too because uh, you know what? They're it's a guess. It's yeah. still a guess. You don't yeah. know how to break the th the throw. You can't know how to break King's multi throws, bro. It's a guess. You have to guess because yeah. he, when when he goes into that little crouch dash and does both arms are coming out, you yeah. have to guess between yeah. one and two. 
yeah. and then on yeah. everything else yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's like you know they're going to be those are good. At, I think a better example is Eddie. You know, probably mm. Eddie and yeah, yeah. maybe Katarina as well. Now he's a great example. How those characters can be so strong. You know, and people are like ah Eddie's bullshit man. X and Circle, X and Circle, but yeah, Eddie's not really that strong, really, to be honest. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I see your point anyway. I see your point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, generally when it comes to like the top level of play, which I'm certainly not at, but at top level of play, Asuka is not generally seen as a massive threat, nor is Horan. Yeah. I mean, because Horan yeah. is, you know, you can sidestep him, Asuka, because you know, just don't pressure as much, play more patiently. Um, but they're both still annoying for sure. And no matter the level, they're always annoying. But they're, they're just yeah, like yeah. Being like um, super annoying and and uh, and difficult to play against and and stuff like that, it, it's different from uh, being truly good, you know. Like Elisa's the perfect example. We talked about this last time. Elisa, in, in I, I my still... opinion, she's the perfect example. But the point yeah. is, like, okay, if I'm playing, if I'm in the eighth match of a long set against a good player, mm. do I still have a toolkit that can genuinely threaten my opponent, or has mm. he, you know, seen all the tricks? in my uh up my sleeve uh but when you talk about like tears like exactly what are you talking about are you talking about the top competitors in the world in an offline environment are you talking about an above average player in an online environment or are mm. you talking about across in general you know uh across the entire player base it's it's difficult because in all of those environments the tier list looks completely different in my opinion no, for sure, for sure. Uh, Falcon Rom is at the top of all of them, though. No, yeah, because he is <laughs> Leroy and Falcon are top of all of them because they are both very strong and very basic, uh, which I think yeah. is bad game design. But we'll get onto that later. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we talked a bit about ten hit combos, and it seems like generally the consensus in the chat anyway was ten hit combos are redundant; they should go. Most people seem to like King multi throws because they're a, a big part of the identity of the character, and I would agree. And they are actually legit, like. They're cool as well. I mean, you know, they've been around since Tekken 3. And whenever you see a multi-throw, it's, it's just hype. It, it's, it's awesome. Like the, the rolling death cradle, it's hilarious. Don't, don't take that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. ult ultimate tackle. What about this? What do you think about this? Are you talking about the one that certain characters like Paul have access to with an input? Yeah. Or are you talking about the one that happens when you run, but not far enough that you do the invulnerable tackle? Good question. I guess both, really. I mean, they they both lead to the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's fine, man. Honestly, like yeah. ultimate tackle. If you're talking about like the I don't know the notation down one plus two for some characters, um, mm. or for for going into the tackle, it's, you know, well, you can it's break fine, it. Yeah. You, know? you can break and it, and I, it's unique as well. So you yeah. know, it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's nice. People. Yeah. You know, some people. You know, when it comes to Tekken, a lot of the conversation that I used to have at college, uh, high school, and stuff is about like fighting styles like you know different different martial arts and, and this mm. kind of stuff and when you see someone doing that you know if there's an MMA fan you know who's a casual tech and he sees someone doing ultimate tackles like wow you know this is so much like UFC man you know like Khabib Nurmagomedov and, and all the other guys like jujitsu guy and like, people get hype over that shit you know what I mean so I think at the end of the, at the, end of the day it's a fighting game isn't it so these, yeah. these sort of things that I, people have in the game I don't mind tackle on like from from a like a game design perspective or risk reward or anything like that. I just think they look ugly. Like they're really <laughs> jank. They're like they're hideous. I mean, the animation has been the same since yeah. 1994. So yeah, you can keep them, but like update the animations. They, they're just so ugly. They're so ugly. 
Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff about Tekken, which I think, yeah, like, like keep it, but do something with it, refine it. I mean, what do you, mm. what do you like think, Fergus? Because I would be a fan, because um, Asuka has like the best tackle in the game with the key charge tackle. Yeah. Yeah. She only has like, one frame to break it, so even if you're ready for it, it's extremely hard to break. Answer, so, dude. I, I robbed so many people. <laughs> With the key charge tackle, just do a screw, run up, and literally just key charge in the face and tackle them. It looks really yeah. stupid. It looks really goofy, but it's so effective. And I, I you know what else looks. You know what else looks really fucking stupid in this game, honestly. Uh, if you if you try and be objective, fucking Mishima's wave dashing dude looks fucking awful. Like we're Tekken <laughs> players, so we don't see it. So when somebody's like wave dashing in somebody's face and they do a a nice electric or whatever, it just looks like Tekken to us. But like. Uh, I remember, like, my dad watching me watching Evo, and he thought the game was broken and the characters yeah. were like, right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like bouncing around and doing the Mario jump, and it looks <laughs> fucking stupid. It's no, really, I, I agree. And especially because the Mishimas are like legacy characters and they have these old shitty animations, you know, like Nina standing on the stage is mad awkward, right? With her uh, stilt arms. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy because compare that to like a dynamic looking character. Like, okay, Lars is a bad example because he's you know he, he he looks fucking stupid. But there's like a if he he go he does you know Ford frame. I have to remind dynamic. you the name of of, yeah. of the show we're on right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna remain. We're gonna rename it. Dive kick. Wave dash t-shirt. It's a shit. Wave dash t-shirt. One, wave dash one in the chat. <laughs> if you think we should rename it dive kick instead of. <laughs> Look, I, I actually, I actually, actually oh, agree with you, Frame here, because like a lot of people, like, look, so much of Tekken is 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 movement and wave dashing, and the same applies to Korean um, backdash canceling. Um, like even more so to that, that looks horrible. I think objectively that that looks so jank, and especially we don't see like, it. yeah, but you, we're all used to it. We all have Stockholm what syndrome. About Selena, it's totally normal what do you, what do you for think us. About, what do you think about like high level Tekken movement? Did it look strange to you when you started watching it when you see these characters like juttering around like they're having seizures it, it, it did not and to, i i tried doing that myself which, which was very hard yeah. so i uh, like i can i guess i can instantly tell from a really good tech into a starter you know mm. especially me so it, it did look kind of weird i wasn't sure what they were doing at first like, <laughs> why would they move like that why, why can't they stay still it was kind of my uh, first impression yeah, that's that's a good point, mm. isn't it? Because like you can tell whether a player, what level a player is in the first like like second of a Tekken match just by their movement, like by how yep. fast they can move around. By, by. but at, at the at the same time, like I, I talked about this, I'm always banging on about this, but I really wish if seventy percent of your gameplay loop, or if the if the deepest, most interesting, most exciting, best part of your game is the movement. Which it is in Tekken, like put some flourish into it. Like make the characters have unique backdash animations, like like Leroy's like you know kung fu hand shuffle. Like have give unique sidesteps to the characters. Make give some character to the movement if they're gonna be, you know, like like put the put the characters flavor into how they move. Express the character through their movement. I always think this is such a missed opportunity, and I can't believe they haven't improved on this. Since like 1994, it, 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 I think it, I think you yeah. have a good point when it comes to some of the stuff, but not all of it, because the Korean backdash, the way it looks and what it does for you, the function that it has, they're interlinked, right? Because we have 
no hurt and hitbox if we have real 3D models. So when you're doing this thing, your character is occupying the same space that it actually is occupying. But I agree in terms of like walk cycles because Negan can like walk for some reason. He's like the only character who can walk mm. and it looks so much better. And mm. like unique um, walk animations, if you look at 2D games, they're actually some of the coolest parts of how characters animate. Uh, there's the uh, the stupid cat bitch in Street Fighter. Uh, and she like, she has this like... Felicia? Felicia? Uh, yes, I don't know. Um, I don't know. She, oh, the one with the crystal ball. Uh, yeah, she has. Like, she has. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like when she's walking, there's like a lot of personality. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. the way she walks is annoying. You know, um, <laughs> it, it expresses and, something about the character. I think. I think. Yeah, and Negan, yeah. he like you know has his bat on the on his shoulder. That could be a a big thing. But I think you you run into like a collision between the mechanics and the animations if you try and um do it with a backdash uh, i think that could be problematic I, th- I think it can be done like well here's another question um actually selena can, can how good is is your movement would you say like do you do you what do you think about having to learn korean backdash as a newer player what are your thoughts on that do you, do you think it's an unnecessary obstacle just to move around I wouldn't say it's unnecessary. Um, I uh, I don't do a lot of Korean backdash. Um, I'm guilty of that. But um, when it comes to things like sidestepping, which is like a really big part of the game, um, like making movements like that definitely uh, is very important if you ask me when it comes to Tekken because, um, like I said, in my rank, a lot of people don't do that. And when you start doing that, uh, it's very easy to punish them. And... I, I think it's really important, um, especially uh, uh, sidestepping. And I need to get into uh, improving my career backdash, so I can't really talk too big about mm. that part. But. Just let it let let it come like gradually. Practice it every once in a while. Implement it every once in a while, and then like eventually it starts to seep into the game plan. But it's uh, um, try and try and like practice it gradually uh, like obsessing about doing it uh you know a hundred times in a row in Ooh. practice mode and then trying to take it online you'll get you know your wrists will hurt your fingers will hurt it's yeah. i think at least in my opinion it's something yeah. that you like fold in you know yeah with um, so yes, don't, yeah. don't worry about it too much it a single back dash is a big deal you know uh, and that's mm-hmm. easy that's back back mm-hmm. mm. i mean this is a topic i kind of wanted to tackle in, in, in more detail later but hell let's, let's go into it now what would you think if um, just tapping back, it's going back, 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 um, was turned into like a slow version of a Korean backdash. That that would you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like that if they lowered the <laughs> skill floor. But at the same time, they made Korean backdash better. So raise the height of the skill ceiling. Give players a legitimate reason to do Korean backdash, but also give newer players access to good movement without having to learn this intricate set of difficult execution. I mean, why is that? Yes, bag. I, you're just shaking <laughs> <laughs> your head. <laughs> no, do you know I don't what? know. I mean, it's, it's it's one of the unique things about Tekken. Like, do you know what I mean? One of the, one of the things that me and Baxi, we you know, a Spanish player, we joke about when it comes to Street Fighter. It's like, yo. Such a hard game, man. Back, back, mm-hmm. back, back, forward, forward, back, 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 forward, forward. <laughs> so hard, man. You know, play Tekken, you know, learn how to cream back. You know, 
If I can do it, anyone can do it, man. That's how I see it. You know, it's it's, it's one of the things that's unique. It's unique to Tekken. You know, the movement. I love it. It's one of the great things about it. So it was you know, still yeah, be unique, it's challenging. You, you, it would still be unique. I'm saying make Korean backdash no, but better not, than but, it is. No, no, but no, also no, no. But make it accessible. I, no, but no, it wouldn't be better because other people have access to a a dumbed down version of it, an easier version of it. I think yeah. it wouldn't just you know you can make it better. How can you make? I don't know. It's hard, man. Now you, you shouldn't. I don't. I don't think you're gonna. It's too much. It's too much. Like, imagine a backdash where the... Like, let's say a backdash is 30 frames. Make the first 15 frames faster. So if you're backdash cancelling correctly, you want to get the optimal speed, you do the first 15 frames cancel into a crouch, backdash cancel into a crouch. So you have a legitimate reason to do the Korean backdash. But also don't give the backdash this massive ending lag at the end of the 30 frames. So you can just either go... By tapping back, you can go pop, 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 pop. And you can... You know, you can move around pretty effectively. But if you can cancel effectively, you're like, pop, 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 pop. So, yeah, that, that, like, that's basically what I'm saying. Like, they don't need to be mutually exclusive. Like, lowering the skill floor and raising the ceiling, you can have both, I think. I, yeah, but I, I think that anyone that was going to learn the crash, you know, people who are invested enough to actually want to learn that, they'll learn it. You know what I mean, like, it's not terribly difficult. It's not as difficult as some people make it out to be. Yeah. I mean, um, the skill gap is already like getting smaller and smaller between players because of the mechanics that added into the game. I think making movement more accessible will just make it worse. Because mm. mm. they're already dumbed in the game already by adding like rage drive, rage arts, flip over Oki, counter hit. No one talks about this, but counter hits on the same frame is a huge deal as well. So I mm. think with these mechanics already, the skill gap is already getting closer and closer like we're seeing this in results to be like obviously we the world the the global level has improved for sure but i do think tekken 7 has lowers the skill gap as well closing the skill gap between players so i don't think uh movement should be a factor so, like that's the one defining aspect of a good player like using being executing the movement well but also using it in but appropriately you, in situations yeah but there'll still be a real tangible difference between the easy method and the hard method but it, it would just make the easy method more useful. Um, I, 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 I don't think um, it's good game design to present this massive mandatory executional barrier just to move, just to get into the hardest part of the game. I think it's outdated, to be frank. I don't think it's massive, though. I don't personally think it's massive. I think, you know... Um, it, it's, it's, it's overrated it's by new players because I think uh, knowing when to do a single backdash and then with punish is huge. Um, but doing Korean backdash cancelling and creating a lot of space is situationally useful, but it is very useful when, it, when you do need it. Um, I think what you're saying, Arya, is more like, because I, I misunderstood it first too, but you're talking about, so we have the generic backdash right now that you don't cancel. So you just, you know, backdash and then, yeah, then like, you do it again. Like, you just short, shorten the interval between uh, the back dashes, yeah. So like the, they, the, the, the time the that you have to wait you just between them. Tap back, 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 back. That's more effective. Yeah, but, but also doing a proper cancel yeah. is also more effective. So movement's better all around, but it also means just like new players can actually move, and I think it helps reinforce a point that this game is about movement. And that should be expressed through better animations. Like, imagine if Kazuya did like a little shuffle, or Marsh, like Law, flicked his legs around. Like, like 
the game is should try to communicate what the best parts of it are through its animations, I think. Because if you look at Tekken right now, you see the characters, when you, we try to move them, they, they, it's like they're crippled. It's like they're, they're hobbling around. And the, 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 the immediate conclusion is, oh, well, this isn't an important part of the game. Like, they haven't put much effort into it, really. Yeah. When it's- I, I think what you're saying is, um, like, I don't want to bring up Soul Calibur again too much, but the latest character, Setsuka, like, her whole thing is being, like, a super execution character. Yeah. And what they did to her in 6 was she had these just-frame moves, right? But if you did the easier version of these moves, you would lose meter for doing it. Mm. And if you did the just-frame move, but you failed to get the just-frame itself, you would get no meter. But if you successfully do the just-frame itself, you would gain meter. So I think that's a good way to not gatekeep new players from the character, but also reward... Um, like Lexi players of the character from older games, but that's that's one character. Like that's specifically the one character. But what you're saying is like a whole system mechanic. So I don't know. It should be changed for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like uh, <clears throat> let me let me throw like a question. Movement is so important. Like movement is so important that it should yeah. it shouldn't be touched. In my opinion. No, no, I agree. It's important. That's why it should be touched. I think it's the best part of the game. It's the most interesting thing about Tekken, and. <laughs> movement has been weakened over over iteration after iteration and i think it needs a, a proper looking at like like put it right forefront at the center i think there are a lot of outdated ideas about you know again don't be afraid to to kill some sacred cows here like salima if if just pressing back 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 let you move at a decent clip do you think you'd be moving around more in tekken would you be trying to Bait whiffs more. Would you be? Would it affect your play style? It, I think it definitely will affect my uh, play style in that sense. Yes, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I think it affects a lot of people's play style. I just think that what would be better is to have an effective way to have for, for getting people to learn how to create backdash. No, have imagine that too. you know, like, have a tutorial. Yeah, but have both. Yeah. But then why have the why have the first one? Why have this easy mode movement then? Why not just say, hey, you know. Let's you learn how to Korean backdash like this. You know, because right now there's no way of learning it in the game. There's no because way to like... teach people how to do Korean backdash. Mm. Well, I feel like so why be... teaching why 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 enforce this unoptimal start you know backdash when people should be learning how to Korean because backdash? It feels like a like unnecessary gatekeeping. If you want to be truly competitive, you'll still have to learn to Korean backdash because Korean backdashing would still make you move at like twice the speed, basically. But um I just don't see why standard holding back, tapping back, back has to be so crippled. You know, again, I, like I said, they're not they're not mutually exclusive. Like it's difficult. Yeah, it's a diff. I I totally see your point. If Tekken is supposed to be about the movement, but somebody who wants to start learning how to do it now, they can't even access that part of the game yet. Then it's very and, and it's the alienating. whole game. It's about putting but players also, on the right path. Sorry. But I also don't think that the way to get people to get excited about Tekken's movement is to give them a good excuse not to learn it. If you give them like an easy version of it, they'll go, oh, well, I'll, maybe I'll just do this. And I promise you the forums and comment sections, the big question right away would be, can I be competitive at the top level with non-canceled backdashing? 
the mm. kind of people, uh, I mean, how many times have you gotten this question on your content? Can I play at the top level uh, with a pad or do I have to get a stick? People want to like mm. know if the thing they're already comfortable with is something that they can sustain uh, at a high level. So uh, I completely agree that it would be good for newer players if the movement was more accessible. But then again, all the games I know about that people really care about playing well at a, at a high level have these like silly, difficult, technical things that you have to get into if you want to play at that point. So I think the decision is really, do you want to be a high-level player, learn this difficult thing? If you don't care and you're fine with playing it in a more casual way, then you don't have to. But then you're probably not, you know what I mean? It's like, no, I look at these like RTS players and the stuff they do with their hands. It's like insane, the the APM on those guys. So it's like, I, 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 it's a holy cow, I think, you slay at your peril. Yeah. I Well, why not in training mode to add something into training mode that check if you're doing it right? Because so many people watch videos of how to, how to do it, but they're not sure if they're doing it right. And like, I see so many people in Discord record themselves doing backdash. I'm like, am I doing this right? Look at my inputs. Is this correct? Mm. Why not put something into training mode? Like maybe like a little drill thing, like 10 minute drill. And it just checks, mm. it just checks your inputs and just tells you if you're doing it right or not. I, I think I, com- yeah, I don't, completely agree. Don't dumb that movement, but just make it easier to learn and practice. It like goes ka-ching, yeah, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching every time you do it right. And then yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You get like, like do do five consecutive Korean backdashes, and if you do it five times in a row, then it's like you get a yeah, right. You get like and the game will tell you if you're doing it right. I think yeah, that's the yeah. important thing because sometimes people don't know if they're doing it right. Like they're backdashing, they're moving, but they're still getting hitched because they're holding crouch too long or whatever. But they might not notice yeah. this. Yeah, the game should tell you if you're doing it correctly. I think that'd be better than dumb down yes. the movement. I I totally agree. With, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I've always um said that fighting games should have better tutorials you know i've said this a bunch of times on this podcast but like fighting games any competitive games the thrust shouldn't be let's make this game easier to play let's make this game easier to understand there's a difference Mm. there um yeah but at the same time i think that the game can communicate its priorities through the system itself and at the moment i think Picking up Tekken, it does it doesn't convey that. And again, I'm not saying you should make Korean backdash weaker. I'm I'm actually saying, again, I'm just repeating myself. But Korean backdash would have a real competitive advantage. But yeah. I just don't I don't understand the reason for making it as sluggish as it is. Uh, let, let me just ask the um the chat guys, what do you think? Should just mashing back 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 be a little more effective? Or... Yeah, see, the, it's, it goes back to what we said before, right? It's like. You know, do you no, if no, they, if no, they did no. make it more? Yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes. I'd say it's yeah, like seventy percent no, thirty percent yes, maybe sixty percent no, forty percent yes. Like it seems fairly split, but with a favoring towards no. But then again, we are kind of like a hardcore tech end channel, so um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Look, at the end of the day, it's like what me and Frame said. It's like, you know, you make um, the the back, 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 like more effective, then it takes away from the Korean backdash anyway. Even if you're saying that you're going to make it better, it's like, well, now someone who's new to the game will be like, you know what? I'm actually capable of playing by just doing back, back. I don't need to learn this this extremely hard, you know, input or whatever this long input. I need to learn it. You know, I'll try in practice mode. Ah, it's too long. I don't want to do. It. Let me just keep playing back, back. So it takes away from learning the Korean backdash. For right now. 
it's really effective to learn how to do Korean backlash. It's actually the only way. If you want to move, you have to you, you have to learn it. And I think that's how it should be. But it should be uh, the game should should uh, aid you in actually learning this. Yeah. And if I think if you made it back 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 easier, then it would take away from the Korean backlash, and people wouldn't want to learn it. They'd be like, oh, I can't bother. They don't need to. Yeah, and I think the reason it works that way is that it is at in the beginning it was an unintentional mechanic, right? It's not like Namco put it in the game because they wanted it yeah. to exist. It was something. It was, it was a mechanical exploit that you could do, and then people discovered it. Um, it turns out it's really good. It turns out that we, we we really like it, so they kept it in all the subsequent games. But Namco have to like uh, acknowledge that the KBD exists now and uh, adopt it as an actual existing mechanic in the game. Then they can start putting it in tutorials and whatever. Um, but any in the beginning, it was like an exploit, right? Yeah, any fighting game, any competitive game, the way it develops over time is a synergy between community input and developer design. So, you know, at the beginning, as you know, combos in Street Fighter 2 were an accident. Korean backdashing in Tekken 3 was an accident. And then the community figured it out and they started toying with it and they found out it was an incredibly powerful tool. And the developers saw that and that communication between community and uh, development team affected the, cy- uh, the, the, the cycle of the game. It affected how we play the game. So, um, look, let's, let's, let's bring up another example. Instead of just tapping back, what would you think if just holding back resulted in a faster backwalk speed, plus a better animation. Instead of characters just kind of shuffling awkwardly, let's say, um, who has a really good um, backwalk animation at the moment? There are some characters who have it, like some of the newer characters. It's only Negan, I think. Negan has a good forward walk animation, but does he have a good backwalk animation? Like imagine if, um, you know, if characters as they just, if just, just imagine holding back, they kind of do a character-specific animation, like in Street Fighter, that expresses their character, and it's a bit faster, and it's a bit more effective. Still not if it like was competitively viable. If yeah. it was faster, then uh, I think if it was faster, then certain matchups would be different. You know, For I sure. think that's one thing that is very important. I mean, like you know, backwalking, um, even in Tag Two and in this game, if you if you just hold back, it'll get it'll get you out of certain mix-ups and. Mm. Um, if that was if that was made faster, then you know, then certain other scenarios would be definitely affected. I think that's one thing. It's like you change one thing, not not intending to change anything integral to the game, but you end up doing it anyway. Um, so again, it would have, yeah, I'm not against it. It's that I don't see what the reason would be to make it to make it faster. Would it would it make any difference really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, we kind of took a tangent there, but let, let's go back to the, the, the list of stuff that people complain about. Should these be in the game or not? Um, okay, strings, which are like something, something low. Uh, and that's kind of going off the 10 hit string. Like, for example, Kazuya's back three, one, four. Uh, it's like, you know, at, at high level play, it's completely useless. Um, Those are good. Run three, two, one, four. Like, tap, tap, low. They get parried every time if you know what it is. But... Arguably, a bit of fluff. Their gate, mm. those those moves, I believe, are uh, useful gatekeepers actually, because um, a low that always happens in the middle of a string and can be consistently parried every time should be parried every time, and so it emphasizes to new players that they need to learn about low parry. 
Um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't mind them. It's like junk, junkyard is, you know, the the obvious example. But um, I honestly think that they can be kind of helpful for players because low pair is probably another thing that you might not bother learning. Mm. It's uh, and in many many cases when you're dealing with a low blocking, it can be more effective. But there are situations where the low pair is the only option or the superior option to go with. It's kind of good for there to be something in there um, to introduce people to that concept. Okay, I get keep eating this string. What can I do? Maybe they go online. Maybe they try it in practice mode. Because um, the low parry, let me tell you, it's it's completely underemphasized for new players. I think it's so important. Again, but going back to that, I'm going to do that reverse psychology. What you're saying, instead of having these strings, which are kind of just book learning, wouldn't it be better to just present that to the to players through a tutorial similar with depends on how you that. learn it's kind of a question i want to put to selena because i don't know that everybody learns through tutorials and practice mode i think a lot of people it might even have been like that in my case i sort of learned the game just playing it a lot mm. so like selena do you feel like when you're learning the game right now do you spend a lot of time in practice mode trying stuff out or do you spend more time actually like playing matches and trying to gain experience I would like to say practice mode, but uh, my viewers would know I'm lying. I don't like practice mm. mode at all. Um, it's just, I do go in there every now and then before, uh, in stream, but before going to rank match. But I personally think I, uh, other from combos, I think I learn like how to punish your opponent through actual matches. Like, mm. um, I mean, if they can have like a really good tutorial that will teach you that, that'd be great. But as far as I'm concerned, I think I learned better uh, in actual matches. Yeah, I Especially, think that... Especially uh, low parries. Yeah, it's like yeah. that with Tekken. I don't know. I, I want to hear you guys' opinions on this as well. But isn't... The learning process for me was a lot like, okay, I keep losing to this. I keep eating this. And then I go online or into practice mode. And then I figure out how to do it. And then I bring that with me the next time I play. But uh, I play the game first, you know? Mm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. yeah, I think... I'll, I'll... Sorry, sorry. Go on. <clears throat> Yeah, no, so I think a lot of people play. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people um, in Pakistan, for example, they don't they don't do practice mode. You know, mm-hmm. imagine these are arcade players, isn't it? So they, they, there's yeah. no practice mode. You just play, play, play. You learn by playing, oh, yeah. and they just play all the time. So that's how they learn. Um, even Jimmy Jimmy J Tran made a tweet recently. You know, he goes that you'd be surprised how little time I spend in practice mode, and that's of course because when he goes once you understand the system, once you understand the game. And then you actually don't need to spend too much time. I mean, for certain situations, yeah, fine. But you don't really need to spend too much time. Playing the game is enough. So I think if there's a way for the game to teach you the system of the game, then the the need for practice mode would be definitely lessened, I think. But it's still very useful, of course. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There's no, there's no um, substitute for real match experience, no matter how good the tutorial mode. But there's, there's an interesting uh, comment I want to read out. Uh, by uh, Tudank. Tutorials um, are a form of studying and people play games to have fun, not study. I think tutorials are insanely important, but you have to get these new players in that mindset too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think with a game as opaque and layered as Tekken, it's, yeah. it's any fighting game, you need to have a tutorial to explain some of the core fundamental meta that might just you know you could play Tekken I feel or any fighting game for decades but if unless someone points you in the right direction Mm. you might you might miss 
you, you, you might miss the, you know, the forest from the trees or the trees from the woods or whatever that expression is. I'm, I'm fluffing it up now. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's very easy to go down a path and think you're good, but then, and then, but then realize, oh shit, I've been, I've been rubbish this entire time. So just a tutorial that helps serve as a roadmap, that helps serve as a kind of a spark to... Yes, I think now now you're getting to it. I went and bought... It's a really great fighting game with a stupid name. Mm. Um, Guilty Gear... Xer or whatever, Xer <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like, I, when yeah, I first saw that, I was like, "How do I pronounce yeah. this?" Xer. <laughs> yeah, and but I went. I was in a game shop. I wanted to get something new. I was like, "Maybe I'll try an anime fighter." And I went home and I picked a character that I thought looked cool. And the practice mode, it was like I don't remember exactly. I think it was like on a beach, and it was all like happy music and cool. And there was like voice cues, and then you had to jump through an obstacle course, and and it actually went into pretty specific mechanics, like uh, how to dash and move and stuff like that in that game. And that's the the spark. Like I was loving that. I had a you know like a hot drink, and I was like, oh, I'm getting into Guilty Gear, and I got all excited about the different like mechanics and characters. Um, and I learned some of the basics, but that's yeah. like, you know, showing everything to you once and getting you, uh, uh, introduced and acclimatized a little bit and then throw you in the water with the sharks, you know? Mm. And now yeah. it's, a, and now it's about trying to stay alive in a jungle where everything is trying to eat you. It's yeah, like doomsday, true. the, 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 um, the Superman villain, you know, the, who in the, in the shitty Batman versus Superman movie who, who kills him, he killed, he killed him in the comics too. But the way that creature became so powerful is it, it, every time you kill it, it comes back a little bit stronger against what killed it. Mm. And so, and it just perpetually evolves until it becomes gradually immune to everything. <laughs> That's an actually pretty good metaphor for Tekken. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm pair, I'm pairing junkyard now, but I can't break King's, uh, uh, chain throw and then in the next match I'm playing against an Anna who's doing the down back three all the time okay how do I deal with that oh my character doesn't have a fast enough launcher what happens then and you just gradually you piece this puzzle together mm-hmm. and only once it starts to become complete do you get to play the game at a reasonable level and that takes a lot of time so I mean the, the thing like play for fun and book learning is boring if you don't like learning uh Play something different because you're never not learning when you're playing this game, and you're never That's done. Good point, you know. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, so we're all still learning at any level of play. This this game has oceans of depth to it, and mm. still does. Even yeah, yeah, even yeah. When we always can complain that you know Tekken Seven is dumbed down, movement is rubbish, and all that. It's still a super deep, deep layered game. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a. Like there's satisfaction from learning things, so learning things, but also applying it in game. So I think for me personally, that's what kept me going to attack too. Like it took me two years to low parry lost junkyard, but yeah. the first time I did a match on purpose, you know, I was really happy. You know, it was it was a, like a milestone. So I think um, that's what that's the drive for most people in this game. I think you know just learning and the character, applying it. My, my, see. I just want to quickly call back my, my, my kind of my kind of ocean metaphor is that like Tekken is really deep on a fundamental systemic level, yeah. Like just knowing how to combine a jab, a down forward one movement, a little low poke, yeah. 
Like if you if you boil down your character's move list to like five moves and link these moves with movement, the game is still incredibly deep. In the same way that like R- Ryu versus Guile or Sagat in Street Fighter Two, just to a to a layman, it just looks like you know two idiots chucking fireballs. But it is incredibly deep and layered once you understand that meta. So given this amount of depth. I guess the point of this whole um, podcast is, is it necessary to have to trudge through these these like layers of fluff? I mean, the game is still super, super deep. It, there's still a lot to learn. Does this come across as just kind of padding or unnecessary we, we sort of, or insecurity even? We touched on the topic many times on this podcast. I think we yeah. talked about it a little bit in the last one. And uh, I think, honestly, I've, I've, I've thought about it a lot. And what I really think is that trying to bring the game to a casual audience and making it more forgiving was a good idea. And it seemed to be a good direction for Seven. It's ultimately harmed the game in a big way, in my opinion. I totally agree. I totally but the game agree. has also been a big commercial success. I honestly think you talked about uh, a spark earlier. I think because the game isn't good at, at giving you those sparks. <clears throat> and I think that's sort of the role we fill as content creators. But let the game be deep and then try and get as many people as possible excited about that depth. Yeah. People who are prepared to climb and really do want to learn, get get them excited. Try and introduce them to it in a way where they decide to learn how to backdash or whatever. But if you make it easier to do, I think you, uh, you dispel some of the magic of the whole thing. Mm. And you make it less satisfying. Because honestly, Fergus, you talked about those moments when you do something difficult for the first time. Those, to me, are like the moments when Tekken is fun, mm. legitimately. Otherwise, mm. it's just a, a bunch of horseshit and frustration with uh, pe- you know, people online. But then you do something that actually gives you a little bit of satisfaction. And that's the jolt of, of energy that keeps mm. you going. So, no, yeah. I think I think more exciting to learn, but not necessarily easier to execute and, and learn mm. i i think you know there's few things there's um number one you know one of the good things about tekken is that it's, it's it is a deep game right and it's yeah. it's <clears throat> it's cool to have that depth because you're always learning and all this kind of stuff uh number two um basically this this whole thing everything we've been talking about it will be fixed if they if if tekken had a proper tutorial mode i'll tell you why yeah. because obviously <clears throat> there's a lot of a lot of things about the game which um you will find out, you know, which are fundamental. And you're like, damn, how did I not know this? You know, and one of the one of the biggest ones, which, you know, of course you guys know that Leffen was playing Tekken um, a while back and he was trying to learn the game. And he was playing Kazumi and, you know, great on him to, to play Kazumi because he understood that that's the character you've got to learn when you're trying to play fundamentally. And he's 100% right. Now he's playing and he was sidestepping really? and getting hit. And he goes, why am I getting hit when I'm sidestepping? Mm. And I mean, he understood that, you know, a certain move had to be set, stepped in a certain direction and he did that, but he still got hit. And I'm like, I told him that if you sidestep in, into a button, your hurt box expands and mm. certain moves that you could step are going to be, you're going to get hit by them um, unless you confirm a whiff, then punish. So you have to be careful when to press. You can't just like sidestep into a button because your hurt box is going to, you're, you're basically become really fat. You become like Bob. Yeah. yeah. So you you know you don't wanna you don't wanna do that. You wanna sidestep, confirm a whiff, and then punish. And he goes, "How the fuck was I supposed to know that? Unless you mm. told me." The game is not gonna tell me that shit, but that's very very important to know. 
That's a very, very important thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really again, is, like, but Leffen plays melee. Mm. But me- melee and is I the mean, perfect thing. It's the, the perfect way example. that people at a high level play melee now is there's there, no, but in melee, like it, it doesn't tell you how to uh, use Fox's shine. That is like a very derived technique that expert yeah. players discovered and developed. So his own games ha- has the same kind of complexity. And we have to bridge the gap, I think, as content creators. But, I, I also, but he's not wrong. No, no, no. He's not wrong, though. Like, but how many people? Like, no, no, no. He's it, not wrong in the chat. How many people knew about that? How many of you, when did you guys learn about that as well? This is just a mechanic in the game, which is very important about your hurtbox expanding when you press a button and not being able to step things that are steppable. The best example is Brian's forward three. Brian's forward three has no tracking to either side pretty much, but it'll fucking home if you press a button. It'll hit you from behind and shit. So that's a yeah. very important thing to know. But how many people know that, you know? And it's not, it can't just be on the burden on content creators to do that shit. Mm. It cannot be important. It can't be on us to do that. There's too much depth to this game. And yeah. even if we do explain it, even if we do make videos on it, like not everyone's going to see it, but everyone has the game. Everyone that yeah. plays Tekken has Tekken. So the game has to do better. It doesn't do anything right now, in my, in my opinion, to teach you the game, like the backdashing, the, you know, the, the intricacies of the game and all this kind of stuff. But when you teach people these things, you know, their game, they just level up. And also there's another thing about the, uh, having a tutorial mode in the sense of like, let's say we gave the example before of doing five consecutive Korean backdashes in a row. And if you do it, that's reinforcement. You're not just getting reinforced now by playing online second and winning. You're getting reinforcement in the game now that's telling you, hey, congratulations, you did it correctly. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, le- you have that feeling of accomplishment. I'm leveling up. So what about doing a combo? You do the combo and it says, congratulations, you have finished, you've done the combo and you get like, you know, a trophy or some shit. And it's like, yeah, okay, so now I'm, I'm getting the combo. So you can actually now play in practice mode, do a tutorial that's going to teach you fundamental things in the game. And when you, you know, and when you do it, then you know, uh, you can feel like you're ready to go and you're leveling up with that without playing online. And another thing that, that was, that I did, one of the things I was saying about Tekken World Tour is that instead of having these kind of blasts from the past, um, you know, uh, you, we just see the same matches over and over again from like 2017, 2018. Uh, instead of having that in the middle of Tekken yeah, World Tour, because so many people shit. watch it. We're just dog yeah. shit. The fact that they that do that, that I, I honestly blush a little bit when I think about the fact that they try and recycle content content in that way. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just feel yeah. very strongly that that shit is such fucking dog shit. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think yeah. that, you know, it was fun in the beginning, like to see these old matches. Um, they introduced it in 2018. So we've got to see some 2017 matches. Oh, that's cool. You know, get to see, I mean, you know, a really hype moment, but they kind of, it was the same matches over and over again. You know, if they were going to do that, then it should have been, different matches you know you have some variety there's a lot yeah. of matches that happen in Tekken at all but um what i thought would be a better thing is you know there's a lot of noobs that watch Tekken and a lot of noob and casual players to, you know have some sort of tutorials where you can teach people okay you know little videos in the in the in the breaks where it's like okay guys this is how you do a korean backlash and it's very important to Tekken to do this kind of stuff or yeah. some analysis and you know there's so many things so many ideas i had about yeah teach people right. Tekken and do you, do you try and do, do that imp- sometimes in your commentary like uh, uh, actually try and um, have some educational commentary as well not just like saying that you know that this move works this way but actually like something to practice for those who are interested in this character and stuff is that something you think about when you do commentary yeah 100% you know I, yeah. it's something that I wrote down so I have like a list of things that I write down uh, on, no- on my notes on my phone of like things that I should be I should do and um, you know one of them is like what me and Bubsy 
as a commentary pair we've always done and one people why people say to me and him that you know they really like us as commentators because we mm. always tr- try to break down the game we say mm. okay oh it's elisa versus king now let's talk about this matchup so you know blah, blah, blah. and we talk about matchups and specific scenarios because there's so many like little weird things like for example so i taught arslan recently that you know um uh, uh zafina's uh scarecrow down forward four which is minus 14 if law tries to do whilst anyone too it goes right over it it's not it doesn't punish and because uh, he was playing Zafina versus Law. And it's like, you know, that's a very specific matchup thing. But it's important, though. It's important because mm. it's a minus 14 low, which Law can't do a 13 frame punish against. And it's like, you know, these things I try to teach, you know, in commentary is hard because when a match is happening, you can't really always break down things that are happening, like, because it's very fast paced. But yeah. yeah, I always try to, you know, give information as much as possible, but it's not enough, even if commentators mm. do it. You know, having an analysis desk or something, or just something in the in, in the breaks of Tekken World Tour tournaments, um, where you know you have any like maybe some content creators like yourself, Aria, or or Frame, or you know, someone you can make a video and have it yeah. featured on the Tekken World Tour and in, just in the breaks, and then the game itself again, game needs to have some sort of thing where it can it can help you feel like you're getting you're getting better, you're getting reinforced, and you're also learning the fundamental shit in the game. I, I agree completely. And I think another thing that's weird to me is, okay, you go into the game right now. Say you bought it today. You want to learn it for the first time. There's no tutorial mode, nothing on the screen, but there's a, a story mode and a single player mode. I think a lot of people go there first, unless they're mm. specifically getting into it because they want to get into competitive play. And what ends up happening is the game forces you to play Heihachi. And then it also has this condescending kind of stupid feature that I hate where you have uh, combo shortcuts, where you can like hold down a button and get these. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's why I get like a little bit worried when you talk about what if we have a simplified backdash and stuff like that. When you put easier uh, workarounds in, it kind of becomes excuses for people not to learn how to do it properly. And I actually talked with some of my viewers recently. They were like, do you ever use the um, the L2 combos? And I didn't know what they were talking about. And they had to remind me that that feature was even in the game because um, it's so fucking u- useless that I've never thought about it. But I do think it can be a hurdle um, for new players. But instead, you go in and it's like, welcome to Tekken, here's the tutorial mode, um, and it's exciting and it's fun and it's got some character to it. That could be a, a great idea. It might be one of the main things to focus on for the next version of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm obviously very biased um, in this perspective, but I feel that Bandai Namco could be doing so much to foster more of a dialogue with the community and with content creators. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like other genres do this very well, like MOBAs and first-person shooters. They often have little links to content creators, like in the actual game itself. Like, hey, uh, if you want to learn more about League of Legends, check this, check this, you know, check this guy out. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know. We've we talked a, a bunch about how like th- there are so many good content creators for Tekken, and Bandai Namco are so resistant to to reach out to them, and it almost feels like on the one hand you have this incredibly deep game that is clearly designed by people who really know what they're doing, but on the other hand, from the marketing perspective, it's like it's like they're almost ashamed of this depth. It's like they don't want to reveal it because they feel it might be too intimidating. And it's like, mm. no, embrace your game. Your game is deep and awesome. And that's, that's, that's why it's good because there are so many layers to it. Like, I don't understand mm. this resistance to it. 
Like you, you made this game, didn't you? You clearly knew what you were doing. Like a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the uh, decisions are are done by a very proficient team. I just feel like the left hand yeah. and the right hand aren't, aren't in sync here. Mm. Like, I wanna, yeah, I mean, a lot of these problems would just be fixed if you just, I don't know, made a tutorial mode. Because, yeah, and, and then they'll be able to embrace how deep they game because they'd be like, you know what, we actually have a way of teaching you. I have a question for Selena. Like, were you surprised at Tekken's lack of like a tutorial type thing, like a mode or, or teaching you the game when you, when you started picking it up, when you just first played it, when you were um, trying to learn the game? Personally, not too much because I started off from a beginner class that they had at a local over here. Um, oh, okay. I, I got I got uh, assistance uh, at the very beginning and I started streaming that as well. So my tutorial was basically chat. They told me, do this, do that. And I was able to have a tutorial that way. But um, for casual players who do not obviously stream or do anything like that, um, I think it is very hard for them to get into it especially when they don't have like friends or you know people who play Tekken around them so like a tutorial would be really good um in my opinion i would like to have one myself oh wait that's yeah, that's yeah. what they had an instructional event yes um, they do um locally that's awesome where is yeah, they right? if i may ask so yes um uh yes uh red bull gaming sphere tokyo um we have it every tuesday it's called fighting tuesday and we have games like uh dragon ball fighters soul caliber and tekken and specifically with Tekken, um, they have a beginner's class. They stream it. Um, we have a pro gamer teaching us. And I just walked in. I wanted to start uh, picking up the game. And they'll ask you, okay, what character do you want to learn? And I said, King. And they gave me a sour look. But, why would a beginner use a King? You know, kind of like that. But, um, you know, when I you're a girl in Japan, that. you're supposed to say Elisa or Xiaoyu. But it's kind of cool that you didn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, because my instructor gave me a sour look, I said, well, you know, I am kind of interested. I used to, when I played Tekken 3, I did play uh, Xiao Yu, and they were like, okay, then let's go with Xiao Yu. And I was like, I, I, I kind of <laughs> felt, the, I, I felt that they were relieved. So I was like, okay, no, 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 we're going with King. Let's, let's, let's go with King. It, it, mm. it just made me, you know, it, it just lit the fire in me. So. For you, it's the right out, choice. Out of curiosity, why did you settle on King? Um, uh, very, very, uh, weird reason. I just thought it was cool because every time I, I, I've been watching matches. I've never, uh, I was never into the game, but I've been watching like, uh, streams or tournaments and I just thought it was cool how he doesn't talk. He just growls. And that, that was the only reason. <laughs> That's I, a I just good was, point. I should play King too. He, yeah. <laughs> what is King? Cause he, his tail moves and he makes Jaguar noises. Mm -hmm. Like, yes. what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I just like how mysterious he is i mean obviously he yeah. has a background story but yeah. uh yes uh, a, a silent fighter i would say i just like his attitude yeah that's cool man it's I've a fine reason it is a fine reason indeed. yeah like i mean he's yeah. obviously based off um tiger mask a lot of the characters yes, are based on yes. some kind of um anime or or, or film actually I've, I've noticed a trend with a lot of the recent characters they're more based on anime whereas I think in in Tekken three days, a lot of the characters were based on more kind of mainstream media. Like Brian is clearly um, a Rutger Hauer's character from Blade Runner. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, movies were good back then, which is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that does help. That yeah. does help. Um, but I also that might be a reason why um, Tekken three was so popular at the time because it really tapped into kind of a a mainstream aesthetic. Um, but. There are like so many more of these like little little 
like separating between depth and stuff, beer foam and beer kind of questions we have on the list. Um, I feel like yeah. we, we, we're constantly just like, we reiterate the same point. I'm like, is this fluff? And you're, everyone's kind of like, nah, it has serves a purpose. And then, like, for example, if we just quickly run through them. Snake edge style seeable lows. Useless high level play. Um, just a barrier for beginners and a pure pain online. What do you think about them? I'd be I fine mean, with snake edge being gone. I mean, it has this use. Like, even I saw uh, Mr. Naps use a snake edge go under high. Mm. Someone did like a tie game and then they them. do like. Yeah, that's yeah, the difference right? when you use them for a. Uh, one thing I've done with Snake Edge characters as well as somebody just uh, just just a spring kick get up, you know, towards but, you, and you're just waiting because you knew they but, were going to do it, and you're going to whiff punish. If you start doing Katarina Snake Edge and they land into it, it's actually your highest damage launcher, so you can come up with scenarios where where they are genuinely useful in a way that works. But I've also made videos saying that they are such a beginner trap that they really seem to oh, damage yeah. the development of players because um, at lower levels, people love them, right? Um, can uh, I ask a frank question to, to Selena? Yeah. Do you use King's fully crouched down forward one? That's different though. That's a different, that's a different kind of move though. It's, it's, yeah. Because yeah. I, th- I feel like at, at your rank, yellow ranks, mm-hmm. a lot of Kings see his, uh, while standing two, and his sweep from his crouch, his fully crouched down mm-hmm. forward one, they see that as a sort of mix-up. Do you use that a lot? <laughs> I, I do sweep. Yes, I do. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm mixing it up right, but yes. yes. Well, the, the thing is, that, mm. that's, that's not a mix-up. It, it's seeable. You, I mean, like, you're supposed to, you, you can see it on reaction and parry mm-hmm. it every time. But yes, yes. Like, that, that's a tr- perfect example of a trap. Like the game has taught you, like, ah, oh, yeah, this is a mix-up. And, and you will see a measure of success with it at... at higher at lower levels of play even up to yes. intermediate levels of play online and even maybe even to higher levels of play but it reinforces a kind of a wrong way of playing the game and that's kind of time loss that you could have been spent improving your fundamentals the thing is they're yeah. fun they're fun doing these sweeps are fun and when people play <laughs> casual yeah. are uh, they fun are they fun they're- they are fun. Do you know when I play? They're when fun I was offline. They're really fun offline. They're not fun no. online. But no, they're really fun, fun online too, bro. It's look. I'll be the first one to say, yeah. In Tekken Five, Tekken Six, rubbish online, laggy as hell. I'm playing the character that's gonna. I'm gonna snake edge you. I do it in this game too. If I'm playing, go. I see Ghost in in the chat. I'll snake edge him. I give a damn. It's fun. <laughs> it's not good, but it's fun when it hits. You know. And and another thing is, um, they are useful in some capacity at high level. Yeah. You know, um, in Oki. Um, uh, Fergus mentioned Jimmy when he used it uh, to punish someone's tag in um, and, and, and just and like certain situations you know like even as block punishing actually you can use uh, Katarina's Snake Edge for example to punish Jack's um, Rage Up you know yeah. like certain c- certain certain situations it is useful and it's fun at a casual level but like you know if, if a move like that is connecting at a high level it's generally on counter hit so why not just have a low counter hit launcher instead of something that's the boring yeah, I, 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 prefer, no, I think those moves are fun. I think those moves are fun, but they fall into a different category because for them to be good, they have to be semi-seeable to unseeable because they're still going to be launch punishable and you can't, uh, they wouldn't work if you made them as slow as snake edges. Um, but yeah, snake edges are, they're also sort of part of the game. 
Yeah, I think instead of removing them, just fix the netcode so we can react to them better. Yeah, th there's there that is. point. There, that there point. <laughs> Brilliant. Because that's why I said I <laughs> think they're fun offline spat. Because when I was playing with my friends, you know, in Sweden offline, and somebody did Snake Edge, everybody, you know, started getting hype, and we threw shit at one another, you know, and you punched the guy who Snake Edged you, and it was great. It was like really exciting. But but yeah. when you're like, if you're in a laggy online match and the guy just like keeps doing it, even if you're blocking them properly, it's kind of like, it's kind of sad. It's kind of like watching somebody like desperately trying to do something a little bit pathetic, you know? Um, Fergus, you remember when, when um, Emma hit JDCR with Anna's down back three yes. offline twice <laughs> at tag two? JDCR yeah. got hit by Anna's down back three. If he didn't get hit by it, it's all right. It's it, viable. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it happened. Yeah, uh, um, I'll never forget that. And he was the only one to take games off him that tournament as well. I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his damn back to you on JDCR in tag two when he was undefeated. You know, mm. madness. But yeah, and look, they're fun at a low level offline, online, cool, whatever. You know, it's fun. It's not fun to get hit by them. It's fun to hit them. Um, you know, you're not a Katarina player. You're obviously biased, though. <laughs> I don't play anymore, you know. But now I've got even better snake edges, Zafina. But you know what? It is what it is, man. It's fun. Um, all right. Oh, yeah, I want to ask know. you this, bag, because I've said in videos before that because I also used to play Katarina and don't anymore. But yeah. I feel like she has, like, the problem with that character is like image issues. Because it's like people, because everybody like hates on her because four 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 because Snake Edge because of the handshake combo she had in, in the vanilla version of the game, but there actually like some pretty cool and honest like things in there. So I kind of feel like if you just took her Snake Edge away, people would like her more and like develop her a little bit, you know. Yeah, I, so I many misconceptions Brian, about Brian I, as well. People think Brian is a scrub character, and they they cite Snake Edge, but you know, should the game be? designed around people like that again just 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 teach them that no these moves are not good via tutorial or something um, i don't yeah i don't i don't pick characters like i don't care if, if someone has a negative opinion about my character it's just yeah. the game you know like no yeah. no, no you should you shouldn't but if yeah. every but but if the general opinion of the character is that it is like a shitty pathetic like people hate katarina that ultimately seems to influence uh how many people use her and then ultimately, that seems to have an impact on uh, how she's actually developed further. I feel like she's nerfed, even though she never needed to be nerfed. And I think it's because people didn't like her. It doesn't really have anything to I, do with her viability. I actually think um, pre-Leroy, um, with a few... I mean, I, I have some issues with, the, with a few elements of the Season 3 balancing. But pre-Leroy, Season 3 was the best place... Um, Tekken 7 has ever been in. No, I think in terms of overall balance. Like, do you remember season one, Kazumi, Jack? I mean, season two, Jin, Steve? I mean, no one wants to go back to that. I mean, season three, before they introduced like, arguable pay-to-win DLC, I think it was the best place we've been in for a competitive perspective. I think I think season two was man, with the exception of Steve and uh, Steve Jin and Geese. It all they had to do was just tone those characters down, and we were we were Gucci man. And I think you know certain moves which would flip over, you know, like Yoshi's QCF one and these things that were added in 
it made the game volatile and then they added in this huge wall carry and the average damage of everyone went up as well yeah, yeah I uh, didn't so like that's where we're at the moment i mean but i think when I, it comes to like a fair balanced game we you know season two was pretty good uh with the exception of those few characters yeah like season three did did buff the wall carry for a lot of characters but i feel like that that's a little bit exaggerated I don't think it's night and day as some players make it out to be. Like even by virtue of the screw system alone, you are often hitting the wall. Even in season two, I think everyone's acting like season three. Sun, everyone suddenly has Gonzo wall carry when it's not that different. A lot of people did, but then now you've got characters that have all these strings, which have just made it easier. Look at Dragonov. Look at Jin. Look at uh, Josie. Like why? Jin? Uh, How would Jin? Yeah, honestly, I, I I sort of see your point, but that, I I think I don't actually agree because they did do it to a lot of characters. Like I said, Jin, uh, Josie, uh, Dragonov, Eliza got a completely new one. This um, wall, didn't so much affect the wall carry, but affected your mm. your chance of getting a high wall splat. So it didn't really change that overall wall carry that much, though. But the type of splat you get on the wall. Hmm. Again, I just don't. Th- I think yeah, it's a bit can... exaggerated when it comes to like no, no, season no, no, two. If you get a small carry, that, season three, that's, that's yeah. because, that's because damage, it's more damage. Further, yeah. If the yeah, wall goes further away, then that would be a normal wall spot, but lower. So yeah, the four four three three with um yeah. with with Eliza. That's yeah. yeah. Look how far that carries, man. You're always in the yeah. 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 Mm. Or oh, someone said um, in chat, like, something like Anna's while running two three. It was just such an unnecessary addition to the character. Anna got mm-hmm. it, Nina got it, better. Yeah. Katarina yeah. sort of got it because her new spin move in the middle of the combo gives her like one more Harrier okay. in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she already um, has the back 1-1 one, one for that really high um, uh, ender as well. Um, mm, g- one, guys, yeah. can, can, uh, because we're, we're pushing two hours right now and I, there's a still a lot more um, you know, ground yeah, to yeah. cover. Uh, I just want to talk about like Dinosaur, who's a regular, um, you know, uh, guest on this podcast he has a few pet peeves that he wants to address um and these yeah. moves are all useful but he just finds them um kind of they don't add much to the game in terms of depth and uh they're kind of they're quite shallow um so moves <laughs> like jab into low kick strings moves like uh, oh no bobs is amazing for him i love it's, that it, no, it's, they're very good yeah. but but like what does this really add meaningfully to the game mm, like okay either depends. you low parry it or you like, don't it's, it's it's a coin flip depends. can they can they mix it is it seeable yeah. uh, does it have but it's, but it's properties just... so because miguel's like one three you can throw that out once per game and you might catch them with it it's not really good but with bob because his jab range is insane, and then the kick reaches even further. It's like an important tool for him. Uh, it's it's not something you can usually easily categorize in my well, book. On the same point, like similar to this, string mix-ups, probably from a down forward one, with a minus 13 mid, or a duckable yeah. high. Miguel being a perfect example, yeah. down forward one, two, down forward one. Yeah, a lot so of characters, many characters have, have yeah. this, But it, they've become so ubiquitous now. And, and genuinely, like Jin has that too, of course. Um, what does this add to the game? Is this interesting? It's very kind of coin flippy in nature. It's like either you duck the yeah, high or you block the mid. Like, do you I agree with that. One. Yeah, not 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 with the low, not into jab and low. Jab low, I think that that's useful. And like Frame said, if you just mix it up with doing normal jabs on its own, and then you, and good for yeah. around enders, um, it's good. But but the strings, like, just why? You know what I mean? Like yeah. when they gave Paul that new one as well. Why does every the, character have one? Kind of just giving it to one character, yeah, maybe make it their thing. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Any well, other opinions on that? 
on the down. Yeah, like, like, yeah that, like I need that with Oscar anyway. The jab into low, jab into mid. Like it's oh, kind of yeah. like her main offense. So yeah, um, keep that. I definitely need that. Yeah, because you don't have real jabs on your character. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. So I need this. I need these extensions. Yeah, a good uh, one is is uh, Eliza's four four three four. High, you can duck and launch, and then you had the four three three, which they added in right and minus in mid. It's like a lot, yeah. man. And her down, forward, uh, her down forward one string is the exact same thing. The only thing I will say in the defense of those moves um, is that the fact that the high is reactable and duckable, but it's difficult and fast, it can be exciting to sometimes actually attempt and successfully duck the high. Um, but do you want to be duckable or do you want to be punishable? And you know, okay. Uh, okay. And you, get a, you get a, you get a combo from the fourth fourth. Four, um, you can get four three into two, into DP two, or some characters you can actually get a full combo on it. And if the execution is really good, so basically it's a launching mix up. Yeah, and they also started for some reason adding counterhead properties to those minus thirteen mids. They did it to Miguel's; he can get uh, Savage two now. They did it to Elisa; she can get her uh, Meteor Butt. Um, and it's so silly to me because that's not a move that's ever supposed to counter hit. Uh, Guys, really. do, do we generally agree that these types of mid strings are dull and don't add much? Agree. All right, good. Um, fast high mid jab strings like Jin's two one, and they're so you again so ubiquitous. Lars's two one high mid. Uh, they're they're basically safer jab strings. So you have the safe, you have the speed of a jab with the safe mid property um, of a down forward one. Um, mm. They're kind of yeah, yeah. like. I think they're kind of brain dead. Again, again, like given it. how many characters have them. I don't like it. Oh, yeah, yeah it's like brain dead. It. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> they're, good, though. they're very good, though. But again, yeah, like, if one cool character had it, that's fine. <laughs> but it's like, why give them to like half the cast? Like, it's cool mm. to have, maybe if one character had you know, the speed of a jab string with the safety of a mid string. But again, why does every character have one now? Um, I guess finally, the the, re- the reason is that every every character has jab strings, and it's kind of if they're all exactly the same, it's difficult to keep that interesting. So everybody has you know slightly different jab strings. Some people have you know some characters have a, uh, a mid for the second attack. Uh, some characters have a stance I, transition after the second high stuff like that. It's it's I, it's it's fine to me. I, I don't I, I don't have a problem with it. I feel it's more a problem related to how big the roster is. Um, I th- I feel like you have forty nine characters now, and I feel if it was a bit more, if the movesets and the character diversity was a bit more focused, you could have that one character who's like, yeah, I have, I have safer jab strings and that's my thing. And I have, I have my down forward one, one, and that's my thing. But when the, for example, gets, Jack what, seven when the has roster is this big one, right? But yeah. then his two, one impacts at 11. So it's a give and take. He gets slightly slower, but slightly yeah. safer jabs, you know, that's design in a way. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think with a, with a roster this big, it's inevitable. You're going to get some copy pasting and, you know, we're going to talk a bit later about whether that's a good design choice or not. Okay, so finally on this whole beer foam versus beer thing, um, the opaque throw system, left versus right animations. Only it doesn't matter when it's generic throws and there's one plus two breaks. But there's King's Giant Swing, but there's Shining Wizard, and then there's multi-parts and backturn throws where it looks like one plus two, but you don't have to guess because you can break one or two apart from where it's Fang or Horang, etc. So basically the throw system, there's a bit, it's, there's no consistent rules. Go back to the way it used to be in, in Tag 2. Do you think? Yeah. I think that it being that you can break any throw with 1 and 2 and make it a 20-frame break, like, it should go back... To, it, you should either get rid of the 20-frame 
uh, or, or, you know, just one or the other. You shouldn't be both. Do you know what I mean? So I think that what they should do is, um, is get rid of it being, so you have to choose the arm, but keep it as 20 frames. Well, you know, in, in, uh, just just to clarify for, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, in previous Tekken games, the, the break window was only 15 frames. Now it's 20 frames, so it was tighter. And uh, now all generic throws you can break with either pressing one or two. Um, again, like, th- there are so many layers to this throw system. I think I agree with Dinosaur that it has to be simplified. And when they tried to simplify for Tekken 7, they added just another layer of complexity. Like... You know, ah, so generic throws are like this, and they operate completely differently to command throws. Um, again, I, I, I mean, Selena, what do you think of the throw system as, as a king player? Do you like? <laughs> do you enjoy like? I mean, how do you use oh, throws in a game? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, recently, I've kind of calmed down and used. I used to spam a lot, especially because I was in a very low rank, and it works. So I'll do whatever works and if they can't do anything about it i'll just keep on doing it but um mm. lately i've been uh, learning from uh experienced king players over here in japan um we've done some tutorial videos together but um uh it's to me it I, it's really like when the throw becomes a habit i just can't stop doing it but then you know as i get higher in rank they easily break my throw so um generally like, speaking like, do you find the, the throw system a bit like mm-hmm. opaque and overly complex like for example mm-hmm. did you know that generic throws can be broken with either one or two the left hand or the right hand yes, yes. but command throws can mm-hmm. be broken they have to you have to see the hand yes yes i've been told that yes okay okay and mm-hmm. um what do you think about seeing hands do you think that should be necessary If I had to go against the king player, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, as a king player, um, I don't. I just think that it it brings more. It it makes the game interesting, if you ask me. But then mm. again, when we're talking uh, getting new players in and uh, people just getting fed up every time they match up with the king, they just get thrown over and over, and they can't. Uh, I. I have a mixed feeling there too. Yeah. Mm. No, look, I just want to reiterate, like, um, to everyone watching that, like, the reason Selena is on this podcast is because she is less experienced than us. So she brings a valuable perspective here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the whole point of this podcast is like a, a, a Tekken player's journey, basically. And we're all kind of past the point of looking back to a degree. We can't see the forest from the trees. <laughs> as players or as people. <laughs> and it's an important perspective. So, chat, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking noobs. Come <laughs> fucks attend me, man. I'll fucking beat all of you, bitches. Yeah. Come Let's... play me. Money match me, innit? Money match me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, man. I'm kidding. Like, why, why, do you think, why do you think fighting games are intimidating to people? Like, here's a person who's giving an honest chance at trying to learn a very complex game. Like, encourage yeah. her. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you people doing? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, Twitch out, oh, no, um, um, I get Yeah, money back in it. Come. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I have hard skin from, uh, thick skin from uh, streaming myself, so. I'm sure you do, <laughs> but, like, you shouldn't have to deal with this shit. Like, 
like embrace Honestly, new people um, coming into the community. This is really, I guess, this is rare, especially in Japan. But um, that kind of motivates me even more when when people, you know, when I get uh, negative comments or like a like a critique, like uh, it it kind of motivates me. It just gets me okay. Well, you'll just wait and see, kind of mentality. But then again, like be- not all beginners are like that. So it's really, uh, I think, speaking of in that sense, it's kind, it's also hard for beginners to get into this game. And also stay in this game. Can, can we actually? That's the exact right attitude for Tekken. That's exactly. Uh, I mean, the fact that somebody told you that you shouldn't play the character you want to play, but you decided to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. stuff like that. That's exactly the the correct attitude to have because you know it's 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 never going to be easy, and there's all, always somebody better. And then you yeah, became the right. most accomplished and celebrated uh, tournament player in the world. But then some guy called Arslan Ash shows up from uh, Pakistan, and now he beats you <laughs> consistently every chance he gets. You know, there's always a bigger fish. So um, let, let me tell you, yeah, like when yeah. when I was um when when I was getting when I learned about my offline scene, and uh, I went offline to some Tekken Six tournaments. Um, I remember, you know, no one, I, you know, the, the Tekken scene in London back then. I felt like they obviously were very good players and good people that i now know but back then as well there was some very very toxic individuals and yeah, yeah, like yeah. and um i didn't like it even even just watching from the outside i'm not even talking about people doing saying or doing anything to me specifically but even just seeing the kind of what was the interaction between people i was like this is not a community that you know it, it looked weird to me as a as a new player right so when i was going off let's like near, near the end of tekken 6 and then um i remember i went to a tekken tag 2 tournament this was Eurogamer, right so the game just got released and again I'm not that good at the game, you know. I haven't learned about frames. I'm, I'm, you know, I learned most of my Tekken two, Tekken Tag two. So I'm going to this tournament, and the Tekken six scene is there too. This is the te- the, the London scene, and I'm playing against this person, you know, who's a who's a commentator, and and uh, he's a, he's a he's a well known person in the community. No names, yeah, no names. And um, I'm playing, and then this person behind me is like, "Oh, he doesn't even know how to punish," and I'm like. Like, why, why would you, I mean, it would have been better for you to just be like, oh, after the games, yeah, yeah, I noticed you didn't punish that well. Maybe, you know, you should do this and learn here and here's a website where you can learn frames and stuff. And this is a video you can, you know what I mean? Instead of be like, oh, he doesn't even know how to punish. And that same person who said, he doesn't even know how to, I beat that person in tournament on stage <laughs> right after that. So you're a clown. You are a clown for losing. And I didn't even know frames. You're right. And I still beat you. Um, that's how bad these people were. And then, so me. You know, I, I decided, you know what, I need to learn because I lost in grand finals in that tournament. I said, you know what, I need to learn frames. I need to learn about these things because even though they're being bitches, they're right. You know, I need to learn the shit. So I learned about it because I'm very competitive. I was very competitive. Not as much nowadays. I'm more chill, you know, commentary and all that. But I was very competitive back in Tag 2. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I want to beat anyone. And, you know, me and Fergus met as well online in a very funny way, uh, you know, mm-hmm. playing Eddie, Eddie, double Eddie oh, versus no. shitty Lings. And, you know, well, that's, that's like, your Lings were crap. <laughs> and then we, we learn and <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting we, that we go. Like I'm a, sorry. I'm not, I'm not letting that go. Sorry. <laughs> little, that little, yeah, yeah. Little, some we had a community going and we learned to you know, even Bronson joined our little Skype group and he started teaching us little things and you know that's that's how we learned, isn't it? And it was good for me to actually have that community online to learn and then go offline and, and have people respect me because I beat them all. It's like that's it, you know. Um I, yeah, having that fire in you, not letting people keep you down. If someone says you're shit, say fuck you, you're shit. And yeah, you know, I'm gonna learn the game. I'm gonna beat your ass like later on, isn't it? It is what it is, man. You know, I, I think I was really lucky that when I got into fighting games, the community, you know, it was still offline. 
community is still offline. Like when I started trying to learn Tekken, I, I went to the arcades in London, Tekken 5, people like Dinosaur, Starscream, Cobra Commander, Christina, Inti. I made friends and it's, it's, you know, they taught me Tekken and my positive association with Tekken is, is connected with the friendships I built through it. Um, and I think it must be a very different story nowadays, especially in, in this COVID era where um, the community is mostly online. Of course, it's much easier to be toxic online behind a veil of anonymity. I'm, I'm not even sure. Would I have stuck with fighting games had had people been toxic to me whilst I was trying to learn? I'm not sure. Uh, would I have just like thrown up my hands and been like, fuck it, I don't need this in my life? I mean, I, I, you know. Um, but there are sorry, people like, in, in London who, would, who, if they saw a new player, they'd be like, not hello, how are you? They'd be like, are you good? Yeah. Are you, the first yeah. thing they say, are you good at the yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't even know you. Like you haven't said hello. And, Are you good? Nah. And it's like, uh, and then you walk away. <laughs> so sad. Like, like so sad. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm happy where we are at the moment in the UK, man. But back then it was fucking weird, bro. Shit. Yeah. Like you, you guys weren't even good. I don't know why you're asking other people if you're good. <laughs> Shit. Like nobody's like, good. Like, that's the point we're taking. Nobody's yeah. good. I mean, you can watch. Go watch like um a tournament mm. match between two of the best players in the world right now and if you know what you're looking for you can start counting mistakes sometimes there's several mistakes mm. a second oh, sometimes yeah. they hit that magical like flow where they do the exact perfect thing but uh no nobody's like super good at the game people yeah. there's mm. some people <clears throat> make mistakes slightly less frequently but i have to say i don't know if you have the same experience i, I guess i kind of want to ask you but um my experience with people who are good or advanced players, you know, tournament players, whenever I've met them, people who are, you know, at the top, they are all like super encouraging and cool. And I think mm. it's because when you've gone that far, you don't really have anything to prove anymore. And so it doesn't really make sense to talk down to others. It's that old stupid playground bully thing of a person who feels the need to talk down to uh, or criticize others is somebody who isn't confident in their own abilities. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, it's you know it's it's yellow ranks trying to bully green ranks or whatever. Yeah, if we're gonna I, use a Tekken metaphor, yeah. Um, but, everyone but is a scrub. You, but then you go meet, meet like me at a tournament, um, and and I've just exchanged a couple of words with him once. But this like super soft, humble guy, and um, everybody I've met who's like seriously competitive at the top has been like super cool. Almost nobody talks shit. It's it's uninteresting, you know. I mean, at least here in, in sorry, go on, go on, go on. Sorry, uh, at least here in Ireland, like I have a thing where it's like, like I invite a lot of people to my. It's like the the community is basically in my sitting room, and you know I just have a rule: yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're not weird, you're not toxic, you can yeah. come and play with us, right? That's literally my only yeah. criteria. Like I even had someone in the chat in our Discord that we have. He said um, he was in the scene for like a few months, and he said, "Wait, I didn't realize he made it to the finals before." Like, he didn't know who I was, like, obviously, but, like, I, I didn't say anything. It's like, if you're cool, you can come and play here. And then he wasn't, he wasn't even aware of what was going on in the scene, like, you know, what I did before or whatever. It's, that doesn't matter. Right? That's out of the way. That's out of the window. It's just, we're here to play tech and just come along. Like. It's all about good time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think-, I think from what Frame said, it was, like, um, it's not just about the fact that they're top players, you know. It's just, like, when you're that ingrained into the scene, you start having so much passion yeah. for the community. You just want to see the community grow, man. And that, and that requires to be, yes. you know, to, to meet new players. When I when I go to, when I'm, like, we, there's a lot to, I went to so many tournaments last year, man. And 
we even had these uh, WSO that that we ran um, from the Red Bull Gaming Sphere, and, every, and and I was very busy on commentary. But you know, if I see a new player, someone I haven't seen before, he comes and uh, he's at a tournament, I'll try to speak to them and say, "Hey, man, like you know, um, da, 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 just try." You know, as a community person as well, I, I it would be good just sometimes just having someone to talk to. And having just having that conversation will make people think, hey, do you know what? Maybe I should go offline again. It was fun. It was nice. People came and talked to me. Having one person, like the reason why I kept going back to the arcade when I went to the Heart of Gaming, you know, the Heart of Gaming arcade that we had mm -hmm. in Acton back in London and Tekken Tech, Tech, Tech 2, I wouldn't have gone back again if I didn't have someone to talk to. And guess right. who that person was? Guess who that person was the first time I went to the Heart of Gaming? It was, um, there wasn't many people there because there was train strikes happening. But the one yeah. person who spoke to mm -hmm. me, Bobsy, my, my future commentary partner. Him, he was the first person to say, do you know what? Hey, you know, this guy's been waiting to play. Let him play. And then we played and he'd ask me questions. Like, oh, so, you know, but what's your name? And oh, that's cool. And then we just started talking. And I was like, do you know what? If no one spoke to me, I would not have gone back there. But then I went back because, um, you know, he spoke to me. Just one person can make a huge difference. If you see someone new, talk to them, man. And, and just, you know, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for Bubsy, honestly. Like just to, you know, in offline, in an offline sense. Uh, yeah. I want to I ask a question. To, to people who have experience of being in multiple different competitive communities. So, so if you, for example, you're part of the Street Fighter and the Catherine and the Tekken 7 community, Fergus, you play Street Fighter 5, Soul Calibur, Tekken 7. Like, um, fighting games are often criticized of having a kind of a, a community of being somewhat elitist, having a gatekeeping elitist mentality. I mean, how would you compare your experiences in the tech end community, to the Street Fighter community, and even beyond outside the fighting game community to like the Catherine community, or if anyone has experience in like first person shooters or MOBAs. I mean, a lot of people level this criticism at the FGC, and do you think it's warranted? Does it get much more toxic than MOBAs? I can tell you that for sure. Mm. <laughs> You you go into no a experience. random five player game and and the wrong person tries to go in the middle lane and your four teammates send you hate mail and quit <laughs> instantly. Um, uh, I honestly, I mean, I have my own little viewer community around my own YouTube channel, but everybody's been super cool. I was honestly surprised. I've almost never oh, had yeah. a single issue. I also, I, but it, it, it's kind of the attitude that you put out as a content creator. If you obviously don't really give a shit, then people won't bother. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in my small experience, because I, I used to play a lot of MMOs, and um, or I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft, basically, but uh, that game definitely has an elitism issue. Um, and uh, the different tiers of difficulty rating, and just going into groups with people and doing, and doing content. I honestly think that fighting games are better in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, as far as far as I've experienced, I honestly think it's less elitist and more encouraging. And I think it might have to do with the fact that we've talked about it before. If you are a fucking pussy, then you're not going to last in fighting games because they're going to defeat you um, as a person. I also think it's it's a lot to do with um, the age range that we talked about earlier. I mean, a lot of fighting game players are a bit older and more mature, whilst MOBA players tend to be a bit <coughs> on the younger side. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, Fergus and Selena, what, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you... Um, toxicity? I mean, it was a very long autism? time since I played Street Fighter. Like, I, I played them comparatively in 2009, and I was just an online-only player for a year, so it's really hard for me to remember how getting into it in the first place was for me. But I know in 2010, I found my local scene, and it was at an anime convention. I was 15 or 16, I think, 
I think I was 15. And then, you know, they just introduced me to the game. They told me some things. They told me some stuff about the local scene. So my Street Fighter experience has been very local. Mm. And uh, <laughs> has been very local. And um, so I don't know much about the Street Fighter community internationally. Like, I didn't interact with them too much. So Street Fighter was very local for me. With Tekken, um, my stream chat was... Like, when I started playing Tai 2, I started streaming. So the chat was very friendly to me. The community was very friendly to me. I met people like Spike here very early on and a few others. You know, we got into a Skype group chat immediately. And then it just kind of grew from there. Like, And then I started streaming more. I started traveling in 2014 and started meeting more people. And I never really had any issues, I think. I, maybe like the all time because of my character or whatever. But more than that, no, not really, no. Like I had a good experience with FTC so far. You know, it's interesting because all, all of the four of us, when we speak about how we really got into the game, and it's interesting, it turns out very often, even though we love the game, it's more about people and communities um, and what happened socially in conjunction with the game. I'm, I really hope that part of it doesn't get lost now that it's so much more focused around online. But I kind of wanted to ask Selena as well. So you're a competitive Ka uh, Catherine player, and now you decide to... You, you said you watched matches. What made you actually want to go to an event and start to actually play the game? Uh, what, what, like, what, what initiated it for you? Well, it was actually uh, during last year, during a uh, Tokyo Game Show, which uh, was around September. Um, it was actually watching UIU's uh, live stream. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people from UIU came to Japan. Uh, they were doing uh, streams in the city of Tokyo, going to the supermarkets. And I was just watching them. It just felt... Uh, I was having, I was just enjoying them, uh, enjoying watching them. And then I ended up knowing that a lot of famous uh, Tekken players come from that team. And then I started watching their uh, personal streams and it looked very interesting. Um, like I said, my first Tekken was Tekken 3, I think. Um, uh, just bashing buttons and it, but nothing like serious. But um, so uh, that's where I started playing Tekken. But before I started playing Tekken, um, I started like I started fighting games in Street Fighter Five, and uh, I was uh, it was an eye opener to me of the fact that well I have a whole different uh, problem that I have to face just just being a female in general, which was mm -hmm. kind of it it was really shocking to me because like I was uh, raised I, I played games with my dad and my brother and none none of those two told me that I can't play because you know I'm a female so. Um, so I was raised in like, I didn't think gender was a thing. And when I was in Topanga Charity Cup, a uh, five on five tournament, um, I had pro gamer Momochi in my team. And uh, thanks to him, we were uh, advancing and we were in top 36 and we were on stream. And as soon as I went on stream, the only comments were about me being a girl. Mm. Um, no nothing about my play. Um, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't negative comments, but still I kind of, felt that this might be why a lot of people have been telling me, you know, you don't want to start fighting games. Like, I was actually warned by many people when I said, I'm kind of interested in playing fighting games. People told me, well, I, I don't think you would like it. Or you just, like, be careful kind of thing. So mm. um, I was warned. And I did experience some things like that. But for Tekken, um, generally, everybody was really welcoming, especially because we have this little king community. Um, in Japan, there's this, there's this little fan club, <laughs> and they were so uh, happy to have a new king player, and uh, they just went out of their way to teach me um, 
basic things and they understood uh, where I started. They, they knew I knew nothing. So they wouldn't tell me number notations or stuff like they know I didn't know stuff like that. So they were very nice and very welcoming. Mm. That's good. Yeah, and imagine imagine if that imagine if that community wasn't welcoming. Would you keep would you still would you keep on playing? If that community if that, if those king players were like, nah, we don't you know, if they if they're like, oh we have our little click, would you have kept on playing? In uh, a second? Would, if they weren't welcoming? Like if they started chanting, you know, like <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> if they started telling me to get out, like um that would be and been very difficult for me. But um hmm. uh I, I I I've always had this competitive thing in me so i I don't know the more people tell me that the more i just i'm just stubborn i stay there but that's definitely not the case for most new players especially female um uh in japan Uh, Mm. they get very shy they get very scared um that goes for any players in general but um yes if that was the case then i think uh it would be super hard for new players to join in the community yeah second players are fucking cool man I don't. I don't know about all these other inferior fighting games, but Tekken players are just fucking <laughs> cool because no, if you're not cool, then you can't cut it. I mean, if you go to these events and you meet somebody and they're like, "Yeah, I main Brian and stuff," then maybe be careful, you know. You know, maybe check your exits. But apart from that, I mean, it's generally there's really good people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but people I generally warn you. Sorry. I generally feel like no, no, I feel, I feel like Tekken players are some of the more kind of sociable outgoing easy to talk to players i might be very biased here because i'm more on the tech end community than anything else but i've always found tech and players easier to talk to and just generally more cool to be with i mean it's just a game in the end really like it's like that's <laughs> it it's, it's yeah, just yeah, a game yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think it's in a very that. important when it comes to like because this is about this episode is about getting into tech end and it, what got us into Tekken and how we, why we stayed. And I think, you know, um, obviously, I always, lo- I mean, we all get into the game because we like the game, right? We buy, we buy the game or with the legacy of the game, we played it before when we were kids or whatever, or you want to play it now because it looks cool. But you stay, I, I think that a lot of people, they stay in the game because of community, whether it's online or offline. You know, if, if everyone online, let's say you don't go offline a day in your life for Tekken, but if everyone's an asshole to you online, then you're like, why the hell would I keep on why why would i still play this game and for for offline you know if the if the communities are not welcoming to you if if you know no one talks to you or your people are rude to you then you'd be like this this is a toxic why am i like fergus said it's a game why do i want to be involved in this shit you know um i'm gonna play some other game you know so community is very important and i I remember before i ever went offline for any time before i even learned about my own european scene yeah um, I used to watch Aris and Rip a lot, you know. Um, mm. Aris went, and these guys used to go every Wednesday, Wednesday night fights at Super Arcade. They used to have uh, Aris used to run these things called uh, Win Godfrey's Fridays, and and I used to get to I had a look into this community, this offline community that I've you know I've never seen before of of, um, of people going offline and playing Tekken and having jokes and laughs on commentary and stuff. And I was like, Do you know what? That's that's really cool. I, I wish if I was in California, I would go there. I would I would definitely go there. And I thought, you know what? Let me look into my own scene. Let me look into my own community and see how that is. And, and then I found out, you know what? It's not as it's not as fun as the California scenes uh, seems. But um, people who were in California that I knew that were kids, you know, like maybe 15, 16 years old, these guys also used to watch the streams. And they their first experience was also going to these Wednesday night fights and and Wingo's Fifth Friday and all these kind of these places because in in Super Arcade because the, the community feel. Is very important and it gets people wanting to go there and be a part of it because if they see mm. it off online and they're like, this is sick, this is so cool, 
then they want to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of it too. And I was from fucking London, bro. So um, I think we're in a good place now, especially in the mm. UK where like, you know, you know, we, we have a good community. People see offline tournaments and they want to be a part of it. And I think us guys as content creators, players and, and community leaders, I think we need to welcome these people in rather than being um, dismissive like certain people were back in the day. And uh, the other thing is Twitch chat. This is... I, I want to say not to take the Twitch chat too seriously. Not you guys, because you guys are all awesome. That like watching right now, most of you. Um, but you know, for example, when I was at Berlin Tekken Crash, Berlin Tekken Crash, sorry, um, this was the uh, challenger event in Germany, and it's the first time I ever got pissed off on commentary and just I just stopped commenting, just to tell the chat to shut the fuck up because um, there were three cosplayers that came from Poland that were preparing ah, all year. That, yeah just to go to this tournament, right? Three female cosplayers, yeah? Mm-hmm. And um, actually four, four. They were preparing. This is because they don't go out to many tournaments. This one was the one they were invited to by Adelista, the organizer of Berlin, BTC. And they came down. They were super excited, man. They were telling me how excited they were to do cosplay. And they came and unfortunately, unfor- very unfortunately, um, so the commentary is on a couch. Imagine it's on a couch. Now you have two monitors. One monitor is the game for me as a commentator and the other monitor is just Twitch chat. Mm. Huge mistake, massive mistake because you've got the Twitch chat on a, on a own separate monitor and, the, and people who were standing, they were allowed to stand on in camera shot, right? Behind the couch. Uh, it was a very unique setup. And uh, unfortunately, these cosplayers read the comments because they were on camera and very disgusting comments. Now for me, I was like, you know, standard Twitch chat. But actually, um, in, the, in the break I had on commentary, what, the cosplayers came to me and they wanted to speak to me. I went around and they said, look, one of the cosplayers is in tears. She's mm. crying so much because of what's, what's, had, what's said in the Twitch chat. Later, they said that oh, it didn't really affect us too much. But then later on, they said, you know what? It actually did. Because the second day, they didn't come in cosplay when they were meant to do it the whole weekend. So Twitch chat can be uh, very, very toxic, especially to females. Um, I know Selena's saying that, you know, it doesn't bother her too much. She's always got the drive, but it, it can't feel good, right, Selena? It can't feel good when people are saying. Horrible it things does make and, the chat, uh, you know, messy, and it it, hmm. it, it, it does. Uh, it's ne- it's never a good feeling, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never a good feeling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, even if different people respond differently, it's like you know, one girl was crying, the other one was like, "Yeah, fuck." But it, it, overall, it's negative, isn't it? So yeah. I want to say, just don't take. To, I would say my message is to is to when we talk about community, don't look at the chat. Don't think of a chat as the community. It's not a representative yes. of the. Of, um, I think when you go offline and you see these people or the players, you know, the people you talk to in forums and this, you know, that's more important. Yeah, I think it's very important to, to keep in the game. To, to an extent, I think, you know, toxicity on, on Twitch chat is unavoidable. But do you think um, more could be done to moderate Twitch or more should be done to keep just um, more, 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 more mods in it? More that was it. Like, yeah, there's, there's like, for that. that. Yeah, for for Tekken channel um, specifically, like uh, people who have like a name sort of are given mods, right? Like players or commentators or whatever. Um, But unfortunately, if I'm at a tournament, I'm not modding the chat, you know? Most, all the commentators are going to be at these tournaments, these big tournaments. And I was watching the archive of the Tekken World Tour um, finals or just the LCQ and I saw an an absurd amount of racism towards Pakistanis, man. And, you know, there Mm. weren't hardly any people there because big players are going to be at this, you know? Let's say, for example, um, I don't know, Anakin or me or someone like we're going to be at these big events. So we're not going to be able to mod. So um, I think it is something that has been highlighted and I think they know, but you know, they need to give mod to, to, you know, people who are trusted in the community that are watching these events and do a good job in 
regulating the Twitch chat. I think that's probably the only thing you could do. What are you going to do then? Like teach people to not be idiots and assholes because no one's been able to do that yet. People are still assholes. Right? It's just it's how it is. Yeah, this, this is definitely a barrier for people who are wanting to get into this community, especially if your first exposure to a fighting game is, hey, this game looks cool. I'll check it out on the stream. And then you just see like this absolute nonsense. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's not a good first impression. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, last month or was it, it was in June, June and July, mostly the FGC had kind of like a cleanup period. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I guess that's a good topic to kind of maybe round this conversation off on about getting into tech and getting into fighting games in general. Like, what do you think the fighting, how do you think this community should um, adapt or change to make itself more inclusive and welcoming and inviting to players of all genders, race, creed, sexual orientation, whatever. I mean, what tangible efforts do you think should be made? And this is actually a topic I really want to focus on in detail on the podcast, but just kind of to round it off here. It's, it's a hard question, man. I mean, it's a hard question. Uh, yeah. yeah, because there's because Tekken specifically is so goddamn diverse, bro. Like, I don't know how many countries. I think Markman was telling me just how many countries were you know represented in the World Tour last year in 2019. We had so many people, man, and it's just crazy how Tekken around the world everybody plays this game, man. But Africa, Middle East, you know, Asia, Europe, America, everyone plays it, man. It's just yeah, it, you know, for us specifically because of how diverse our player set is. Mm. and the community like we need to definitely be inclusive as as much as possible i don't know what active measures you would take i don't know if there is i don't know what what you could do but i mean that we need to make sure we are yeah i mean something i've always wished the fgc would have is some kind of committee or inquiry committee you could talk to if you face some kind of abuse in an event because i think like you shouldn't have to go on twitter to Talking about sexual abuse is incredibly difficult and forcing someone to do it in a public forum is insane. That can't be, mm. that can't be the only solution. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, there I have agree. to be people like you, you know that you can trust and that you can talk to and who will deal with it in a more discreet manner. I, I'm sure there are many more cases out there, but people just don't want to put themselves out there on Twitter longer. And trial by twit longer has its own set of problems yeah 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 absolutely mm -hmm. I, I, it's a great idea and i think that we're we're moving towards that direction <clears throat> i think um you know we're already talking about a fgc code of conduct yeah. and sort of things you know we get we're moving there as a community mm -hmm. i think you know with the coronavirus and everything that's happened and, and people in lockdown is is helped to sort of um <clears throat> really um highlight these issues and it's just surprising. I think, you know, it was a very dark time, you know, with the period we were talking about, Aria, uh, for mm. not just the uh, FGC, but, you know, you know, getting like Smash, man, god damn, bro. Man, like, shit. That like, scene. How much yeah, like, people who, people looked up to and they said that they loved them and they looked up to them and, and that these people are just getting, just uh, one after another getting cancelled. It's like, and, and all these things coming up about them, it's, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think you know the F there has been a response to that, which is that the FTC code of contact, which uh, a lot of a lot of uh, figureheads are are helping to 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 create, and 
I mean, we'll wait and see where that goes. But yeah, you're right, hundred percent. We shouldn't have to. Go, shouldn't take someone to go to Twit longer for yeah. for 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 change to be made. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, mm. Does anyone want to chime in on this topic? Or again, I want to explore this in more detail. I think this is this is a weighty issue, and I and I think this needs its own podcast. It to really it is tackle. it is weighty, which is kind of like I why I make an effort not to go into those areas in my own content doesn't mean that I don't have feelings about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also have very little experience because I tend not to really like hang out and socialize at events. Uh, and I don't have a Twitter and I don't stream on Twitch. My own viewer community and the people I run into, you know, is, is what I try and worry about. And I don't really know what the FGC is. I don't even know if I really think it's a thing. I definitely don't consider myself a part of it. It's like, you know, a convention center somewhere, a bunch of dudes in cargo shorts and James Chen crying on a stage <laughs> somewhere. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, it, but, but, but like you guys, I've met you and we've had a conversation and it was nice and I like you and, and, you know, I try and keep it on that basis. My own viewer community, the only thing I sometimes have is, I guess because I'm a white guy, the, the only flavor it sometimes comes in is homophobia. But uh, it is curious because I'm not gay, but I tend to flirt a lot with my viewers and I get get a lot of fun messages like they want to buy my <laughs> bath, bath water or my piss and stuff. I'm, which I'm I, constantly getting comments simping yeah, on you, right? Which People I mean, love which you. Say, because I take it as a huge compliment, actually, like if somebody uh, sends me something like that. But I don't know, generally when, when you get like homophobia, you just flirt with them. And if they're genu- genuinely homophobes, then they run away, you know, and you get rid of them <laughs> that way. But, uh, but I think what, what Spag says is, is important. I want to emphasize, I mean, since I started learning about this game, Asian players, uh, black players, we have this interesting explosion out of Pakistan and I've played Tekken on several different continents I have you know a community here in Japan I played with Swedish people back home and my Swedish community was like you know an Afghan guy a Polish guy and two Chinese dudes those were like my best friends there's like it's so diverse and uh, and it's women and men it's all races and creeds and there's just obviously no place for um, any discrimination of any kind uh, in 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 tech, and I don't think it's just the FGC no. really opened my eyes. Actually, in that respect, I, I you know when I was growing up, I I came from kind of a posh upper middle class North London background. I mean, you can kind of tell from the way I talk and the way I act, I guess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but um, the FGC kind of opened the world for me because like there were no barriers. Like anyone could come in. All that mattered was your love for the game, and, I, and that's one of the most beautiful things about not just fighting games but i guess any competitive activity it, it doesn't care where you come from it's all about your shared love for this this mm. thing yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely man. and yeah like like frame said there's no space there's no place for for discrimination and that you know i think you know the story of pakistan a lot of people you know like i said we we knew that that community was 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 really strong and just waiting for the day that they were able to travel because they've had a lot of travel restrictions and once they got onto the scene i'll be honest with you man like yeah. as a pakistani i'm telling you that you know these issues that maybe people weren't seeing i was seeing it because the discrimination bro like do you know what i mean how, how long has it been a thing pakistan is a muslim country and, and muslims and stuff like this whole war on terror and and things and this 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 idea that's been pushed into people's minds of what Pakistanis are, you know, what Afghanis are and, and, and people from the Middle East. 
And, you know, I saw a lot of that stuff, you know, people call me terrorists and this and this and yeah, hacky, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. And we said, and of course I got thick skin. I don't care. You know, people say whatever they want, you know, for me, but it, there is no place for that stuff, man. And, no. um, and for me personally as well, like I had big plans this year of not just, you know, cause Pakistan, I, I want to say that I was there to try to push them out and teach people about the community. And now, you know, I don't need to do anything now. They, they have so many like big players and they're streaming now. They're doing such a great job and people know about them. They're doing great, but there's a lot of other countries that I wanted to go to this year to try to, to try to push them out there because there's other countries that I know people don't know about that I know about that are good at Tekken. You know, I'm talking about like, um, I'm talking about Turkey, African countries as well. Um, you know, uh, Iran as well. Iran is a huge one that I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really oh, looking we, to go we to. We actually have a really big mm. scene. And, and now I was actually yeah. planning on doing a documentary on, on the scene in Iran on a lot of other scenes, actually. But, um, you know, COVID and, and, and whatnot. Venezuela but, has her sick Tekken players. I've heard. I've heard yeah, yeah, South America well. from, Tag, from yeah. Tag 2. I mean, when we saw the Venezuelans come down to Peru, we were like, that was yeah, like yeah, my yeah. favorite player to watch. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah. to see what the next Pakistan might be. You know, there, mm-hmm. there must mm-hmm. be a scene out there which will just totally take us all by surprise. And yeah. that's that's really what what that was one of the so absolute just, highlights for Tekken Seven mm-hmm. for me. No, sorry. Yeah, so I just on. just touch on the discrimination thing a bit. Like, um, I would be on Termin Stream often, right? And then I would get, st- I would see, like, I know not to take Twitch chat seriously. But I still see comments like, you know, like faggot, pedophile, you know, these kind of words. And, you know, I don't pay much attention to them, but it is there. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I see it in my own chat sometimes as well, you know, go burn in hell and stuff like that. Mm. So, like, there needs to be better moderation in chats for, like, you know, anyone, you know, that's different or whatever. Like, there needs to be more moderation in chats. Uh, take care and, of yeah. these. But, you know, like, you know, I don't need to read. I don't need to read the shit when I'm watching back. You know, I want to see him review my gameplay. I don't want to see the shit in chat, like against me yeah, or against if anyone it, if else. If or... they get banned, if they get banned, then it won't be in the archive, will it? Like at all? Like they just get erased mm-hmm. from the archive. So yeah, yeah it's it. just gonna be. It's still gonna be there. Like it's still gonna be there. Yeah, if they're not banned, it will be there. Yeah. Mm. And even then, mm-hmm. like they can just make another account and just say this stuff again anyway. Like on Twitter, there is a bit of a drama recently. Last few days, um. We have a, a Lily player, you know, ah. and then there's been some like horrible things being said to her because there's like the controversy, like, and then some mid burner can start insulting her and start making more and more can start keep just kept on insulting her. And it's, it's disgusting. Like, and, like mm, yeah. I really hope like this, like, this kind of stuff is looked up more. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Just more and it's hard to say, not, it's hard to say, don't take it seriously because even though mm. that is a position you should take, like that they're just they're just scumbags. Like, when people are racist to me, I'll be honest, I don't get upset. Mm. Call me packy, call me whatever. It's just you're sad. You're a sad little cunt. Like for me, I'm not. I'm not upset. It's like you know, it's just. Mm. But it's not nice, isn't it? And other people, uh, they respond. And, in and it's a bad look to so. the community. It just it just brings yeah, exactly. all of us down. It, yeah. it loses yeah. our growth. In, yeah, there's one guy mm. in Europe in particular that's been harassing a load of people, like. Mm. Like being racist oh, yeah, towards one streamer, yeah. This guy is a horrible human being. You, you know, like, what, so sorry, sorry. Whenever on Twitter, yeah, sometimes on, on, people will be an absolute dick, and then if you reply to them, you'll always get someone who's like, "Oh, don't indulge them; it only makes them worse." No, reply mm. to them, make it known that this behavior is unacceptable, especially if you're a community leader. Mm. You yeah, know, yeah, I, I think yeah, it, like it, 
Yeah, sorry. sorry like, if we see that stuff in Ireland, we just stumble at me because like, we, we don't have a place for that shit. Like, mm. So, like, you if, know, if that happens here, it's just gone. It's just gone. Absolutely. But, you know, one of the things, the one of the reasons why I really want to and, you know, we teamed up with um, the esports game, game on esports guys to do Takra Cup. You know, it was probably the most successful tournament last year, honestly. Like, it was a surprise for everyone. It was so well run. Me and Fergus went to Pakistan. I told Fergus this before we went. I said, the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this is because I want to show people the beauty of Pakistan. People don't mm. understand how beautiful that country is and how mm. hospitable the people are. Pakistani hospitality is something. And Fergus now knows about it, you know. And a lot of people, like, mm. they have this idea of what Pakistan is like. Um, from the media, you know, this this whole campaign against the Muslims and Pakistan and other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go there, it's a different story, man. You know, you actually learn how hospital, how how hospital, the hospitality of the Pakistanis and the beauty of the country um, is, is something so unique. And, you know, people were a little bit scared of going before, but when they went, it's like, yo, this was amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, Fergus, you said you want to go back there. Like, I it was, was your, yeah, your it was that. I, I yeah. want to go back. Like, when everything comes down, I'm so I jealous. want to go back. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Let's go, yeah, dude. But- when, when this whole madness calms down, I'll, I'll definitely do a Tekken pilgrimage to Pakistan <laughs> as well. Yeah, look, the honestly, Mecca, like, I'm telling you. show me around, dude. Yeah. Tell me where to get food and stuff. It'd bro, be awesome. It's not even yeah. the food. The 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 you know, bro. When you go to Pakistan, you just it's like a playground, man. You can do you can not do what you like in it, but it's it's really fun, and the people are beautiful. They're very nice people. Um, it's and the food is amazing. You're gonna have you're gonna have a good time there, man. And a lot of people wanted to go. So this year they were going to do Takra Cup again, but of course about a week ago they just announced that they've cancelled it um, mm. because of you know uh, the the corona. But next year it's, it should be happening, hopefully. And, uh, and you know it was given a challenger event status, so um yeah I'm hoping a lot of people do travel there and some 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 maybe some outdated sort of uh, cliches about the, the the country and perceptions can be changed. And that was one of the main reasons why. Do a tournament. Yeah. Like when I go back, I don't even want to focus on tech and I just want to explore Lahore. I want to go to the mountain borders. Like, you know, my friend yeah. from Dublin, he's Pakistani. He said, I can stay with his family home there and then you'll take me all over to show me everything mm. like foods, places, hotspots, whatever. Like, maybe play a bit of tech in a course, right? Like, why wouldn't I? But I would definitely want <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Sort of see in the country and the culture and everything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to see tech and world tour finals in Pakistan. That'd be, that'd mm. be sick. <laughs> Imagine that, bro. Uh, that yeah. yeah, that's a thing. Actually, I've experienced in my life because I've I've lived in a couple of different countries and and traveled around. And one thing, because we were talking about hateful stuff earlier, people who actually travel, um, who move around a lot, they very rarely say like really ignorant things like that because you go to all these different places and meet all these different people. And when you see up front that the way they feel certain things and communicate and do things is, is so similar to you. And you see all these lives, you know, firsthand, it's so different from looking at uh, news and media and dog shit comments online and stuff. And it just mm-hmm. sort of, I think it, it neutralizes your ability to be that close minded in a way. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah, Selena, yeah. Selena, you're half Japanese, half American, right? Yes. Um, these kinds of kind of gatekeeping issues, toxicity, elitism, how is it different in Japan specifically with a, with a Japanese audience? Is it still as prevalent? Is it worse? I mean, um, better? They would not really, uh, if you know Japanese people, um, even if there are uh, art 
fair share of toxic people, but they would never uh, come up to you. Even on uh, even on Twitter or social media, they would never say it to you. They would mm. talk behind your back, but and then somebody will tell you, hey, they were saying this about you, they were saying right. that about you. So there's a it's a different level of toxicity, if that makes sense. They would never say it to you, but uh, it definitely exists, yes. Yeah. Mm. They won't grab your ass, but they'll steal your underwear off the balcony. Japanese Japanese people are as toxic as any other group of people, but they're in a a stealthy roundabout way. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, I don't think think the creeps here have enough confidence to be honest, honestly, and upfront disgusting. So they, you know, Um, they find that's why you know we have the 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 shutter sound on on mobile cameras here and, and stuff like that. I got a friend who is um who's who's half Japanese and half American as well, right? And um, yeah, Tekken Tekken the Smash player from uh, well, he's from West Coast, and um, he was saying that when when he was in Japan, like there were these two guys, and you know, um, he they were talking, and he goes, he, he that he was standing there, and they were just talking shit about him, and then yeah. this guy speaks Japanese, right? So because they just thought he's American, he doesn't know. And he responded to him in Japanese saying, hey, do you know I speak Japanese? I know exactly what you're saying. And they just completely were, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. So yeah. I'm, imagine like they might have been smiling at him like, hey, you little piece of shit. Man. Look at you. Yeah, you know, but, and then imagine if someone didn't know Japanese, they'll be like, oh my God, Japan was so amazing. Everyone's so nice to me. And these guys are like, yeah, look at this. Little you just don't know. Piece. Like you just don't know. Frame, you yeah. had a very negative experience, didn't you? With a, with a top Japanese player at Evo 2018. Yes, I did. What happened? I... Again, we're not going to mention any names, but it's another yeah. known name that everybody here will, will know. And what happened was I went to um, Evo Japan. I entered um, and I was wearing a, a, a button up shirt, like not a T-shirt, yeah. but like a shirt shirt. Um, and uh, the brackets got delayed and we were waiting. I think my third match was delayed something like 45 minutes so i went up to the they have computers at events where you can go and check you know your station and your next match in the bracket and i was on that computer in a shirt so it looked like i was one of the volunteers working the event Mm -hmm. and this well-known japanese player comes up and goes what the fuck is going on in uh in english he's a japanese person who speaks english um uh i've been waiting for my match i don't know where i'm supposed to go and like shouting at me in english when i'm just a player standing there Mm -hmm. Um, and then I replied in Japanese, uh, yeah, I know my match is delayed too. I'm just trying to check where I'm in the bracket. I don't work here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the way the demeanor changed was, uh, interesting because it was obvious that it's a person who thinks it's like, okay to talk down to somebody who's your waiter in a restaurant because yeah. they, they're, you know, yeah. it's, it was, uh, it was a stature class kind of thing. And uh, the fact, I mean, if you're an asshole to everybody, then you're just an asshole. But people who think it's okay to, you know, they have a perceived uh, image of you as being of lower stature, and that makes it okay to act a certain way. Uh, I'm going to categorize you as categorical cunt for forever based on that, Mm. because that's the kind of thing I hate. And I mean, I've fucking uh, waited tables and worked restaurants when I was a kid and you know when you when you're around people like that that's really creepy to me so that's a person who i'm going to be like again i'm not going to talk about specifics but um it's not somebody who i'd let watch my cat when i was out of town oh yeah you can tell a lot about someone by the way they treat a waiter it's a a common saying but yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. um Mm -hmm. you know on the topic of like 
racism in Japan. I mean, I've, I've lived here for a few years and most of my experiences on that level have been quote unquote microaggressions. I mean, it's never direct and in your face or very rarely aggressive, but it takes the form of like people moving away from you when you sit on the train or you being denied, um, you know, uh, flat re- a lease because you're a foreigner um, yeah. stuff like that. It's, uh, I'm sure you have a dozen experiences like that too, frame. Um, of but course they, it's, it's, they're, they're intimidated and scared. They have no confidence in their own ability to speak English or do it. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, ha- but it, but it's also, um, it's interesting. So Selena, um, the word that they probably address you with all the time is, is hafu here in Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. What are your and experiences? it's interesting because the first time I heard that when when I because now it's just, it's normal vocabulary for most people here, but I remember somebody referring to a half Japanese person as a halfu as a half, and I'm like, yeah. that's that, she's not half anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's it's 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 a whole person with <laughs> yeah. with you know a, a, a mixture of a anything. mixed <laughs> ethnicity, yeah. and it's also like I have all these Japanese friends colleagues who are like you know the the tennis tennis player um osaka naomi who's an american born japanese person who's going to represent japan in the olympics and everybody's like well she's ethnically japanese but she doesn't speak the language so should i cheer for her to get a gold medal in this event and 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 then nationalism comes into it and becomes really weird but do you do you find the word uncomfortable um the thing is, that word was very normal. It, it, it's been around since I was a kid, so uh, it never came. It never bothered me until someone pointed that out. Um, mm. You know, don't like, don't you feel weird? Shouldn't like a mix be a better word because half is kind of like uh, I don't know, may, maybe like treating you different from other human mm, beings. Not the rock um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, so that term itself, I guess, is uh, it, it is bothering to uh, most. Uh, half Japanese, they say, uh, mixed Japanese people over here, but, um, it's, I I don't know about, uh, other races in Japan, but, like, being half, like, Japanese people tend to idolize, uh, Caucasians, so being Mm. half is, like, a really good thing. It's, like, people envy you for some reason because, uh, their beauty standards are more on the Western side. So, uh, and, and I guess that's a form of racism as well. Like, uh, it is, but it's, it's, it, and- it's not comparable to, you know, okay, somebody like thinks I look cool or whatever. It's very different mm-hmm. from somebody calling Spag a terrorist. You oh, know? that's definitely mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, definitely So I'm very a, careful yeah. about comparing that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's. Um, yeah, the, the kind of the yeah. texture of racism in, in Japan mm-hmm. is quite different to somewhere like America, mm-hmm. where. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, here it's mainly born out of ignorance and fear of the unknown. Very rarely yeah. is it is it like hateful. Although sometimes, of course, it's yeah, they're just it is. scared. I guess yes, no. yeah. And, and if you start speaking the language, that usually disarms uh, the yeah. situation uh, for, for most normal people as well, because then they can calm down and they can communicate. I have a, a friend who who used to. He's um from Cyprus, but he, UK UK guy yeah, from London, but he lived in Japan. You know. Um, you know, white guy. And uh, he, he was telling me that, you know, there was like, he tried to go to some restaurants and, you know, there's Japanese, few Japanese people in there. Try to go in the place like, no, we're closed. 
and he's like, but there's people, you know, he's saying in Japanese, there's, there's people eating. He's like, no, you're not allowed. It's, it's we're not, we're not open for, or you can't have you guys saying, I'm sorry. And then some so restaurants like, in Tokyo have yeah. signs yeah. where they now refuse foreigners. Yeah. Especially yeah, so for me, you know, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's, that's a structural thing. No, no. Yeah. yeah. For me, that's insane. That's a structural thing. And that's not like, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's worse. That's worse than when someone comes to your face, say, Hey, packy, you know, like, you know, mm. both are bad, but I think that when systemic, it's, when it's yeah, allowed, yeah, when it's in the system, when it's allowed in that way, that's like raw. <laughs> that is messed yeah. up, bro. Not allow, not allowing me into your restaurant to eat yeah. because because yeah. or some grocery shops to buy stuff. Like, I'm a patron. I'm just trying to come and give you money. And you're not going to let me. You don't want to take my money. Why? Because I'm not. Come on, man. Like that's that's yeah. backward in my opinion, bro. I don't know. It's insane, but it's with here. It's more like. Um, there it's it's an an ignorance that has sort of always been there so it's almost like it's so normal for for them that it's not like actively going after and hating something it's just like i don't know really how to explain it but like i came here and i went to get my first apartment and they're like no this apartment building foreigners can't live experience i had the same experience uh and uh it's like in sweden it, it, it would be like that should be illegal. All, all, and, and all the news, and there would be like yeah. a trial the next day. It would be a huge thing. But here it's like most apartments, apartment buildings here I can't live in because I am not as silent. I'm more disruptive. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I break the harmonious homogeneity. Hum, 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 uh, the <laughs> homogeneity? Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, of um, of the surroundings and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, you know, I don't want to bang on about this too much. I don't want to turn this into like you know, an anti-Japan podcast or anything. No, <laughs> uh, I mean, th- there is also alongside systemic racism, there is uh, systemic sexism as well, which I'm, I'm sure you've confronted, Selena. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. there's, it's. Well, like FGC is a really good example. It's really hard for females to go, especially in Japan, because uh, you're automatic. Well, this is what I was told, but you're automatically uh, categorized as you're just there for attention. Like you don't even play mm. the game seriously. You're just there because you can't get the attention out of that community. And being going inside an all guys community, you can obtain that very easily. That's what uh, that's what people. That's how people will see you. Was what I was told. So uh, there's yeah. definitely some of that. Yeah, so that's yeah. the question, right? So we're talking about this stuff. I know it sounded like we we're just being anti-Japan, but actually, the, the, when we bring it back to the topic, it's like, yeah. how does that um, affect the in the FGC in in Japan, for example? So Selena just said that you know that sexism is is prevalent there in the FGC as well, and like this this idea that you're only there for clout or for just for yeah. for for attention. <clears throat> and and what about someone? You know, like me, if I if I lived in Japan, I don't speak Japanese, but I'm gonna play Tekken. Let's ignore the fact that I'm a commentator. Let's say I'm just a new player. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna play. You know, would they be accepting of me? You know, would people be like, yeah, you know, that's cool. You know, this guy. Um, I don't know. You know, would they? Would they? Or would they distance themselves? Say, hey, man, you know what? This guy, bro, he's got a beard, bro. He's got a facial hair. We're not allowed facial hair. Or we won't get a job there. Apparently, <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna hire us because we've got facial hair. You know, that's weird. He's brown. You know, I don't know. What would it be like? I don't, I don't, I I think you'd be fine. Like I, when I moved here, my best friend that I moved with is, um, he's Afghan, he's Afghan Swedish, but both his uh, parents are from Afghanistan and we hung out with the same groups and the same people. Right. But he 
met a girlfriend. He had loads of friends. People treated him uh, absolutely fine. But I think if he tried to get a decent paying job in a big corporation or he tried to tell someone's father that he wanted to date or marry their daughter, uh, when it gets to that level, things start happening. But just uh, hanging out in arcades and meeting young people, it's, I, I think you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's, that's, do you yeah. think that, it, like, if I sat in an arcade in Pakistan, do you think that people would consider that out of out of the norm at all? Is it very common? It's not common to have because people are only recently figuring out how beautiful Pakistan is and how amazing it is to travel. Because of course, like they had had issues with the war. You know, when you have a war, you know, with Afghanistan, you know, being invaded by the Soviets and then the Americans, and it's like that spills over into the <laughs> into Pakistan, yeah. right? So, <clears throat> is a neighboring country, and you know all this stuff. But you know, I had a friend who's from the, one of my friends from university, um, British guy. Him and his whole family. He grew up in Pakistan. You know, and um, this guy, you know, from a very, you know, white area in the UK, he's, he's very British, but he, he lived his like first seven years, eight years of his life in Pakistan. And he goes, absolutely loved it. Because people were absolutely amazing, you know, and like Fergus can tell you, hospitable, like really hospitable. And, and they, they very curious like about culture family, as well. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll really treat you so well. And they'll, they'll, um, they'll ask you questions. They, sometimes they'll be really upfront. Like they'll just ask you questions because they really want to know. They haven't, they don't get many people from other countries going down there. So Pakistan is very like, you just got to go there to know it, man. It's hard to explain. And it like, you just have to go to experience it. But what, what I'll tell you one thing that like, if you go there, you're not Pakistani, but you go to Pakistan, they're going to treat you really well, really, really well. And make sure you have a good time. No, I mean, I, you know, it's on my top five places to go to. I, I given the chance, mm. I'm definitely going yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely page for sure. Like, absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I, this this podcast getting pretty long, but I'm gonna. There's a bunch of topics here, and we don't have time to delve into them. But on this topic of like, um, you know, sexism um, in fighting games, there's this one conversation that Frame and Main Man and I had like ages and ages ago. Uh, and bringing it back to Tekken, is that in Tekken, um, all the characters are generally attractive. Because you know it's 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 role it's a bit of uh, wish fulfillment you know playing as like a cool muscular character or a beautiful character I get that but if you look at the male characters you have a huge diversity of body shapes and um, ages like you know anywhere from eighteen to eighty whereas when it comes to the female characters they're all pretty young and they all look kind of you know their figures are pretty similar. Um, do you think it's a problem? Would you like to see this change? Um, I think video games are made by people who make them. That's the stupidest thing I've ever said. But my point is like, they're creations. I'm struggling not to call them pieces of art because I think that's cliched and not always true. But somebody wants to create something and in a space where uh, freedom of speech is entirely intact, they should be able to create whatever they want to. And then how that is consumed and responded to um, by communities and, and you know, people at large um, is, but, is then the, fee the feedback to that. Uh, I think it's, you know, people were talking about when Ivy was going to come out for the new Soul Calibur game, how... 
they were going before her design was revealed. People were talking about organizing boycotts of Soul Calibur Six based on her outfit when they hadn't even seen it yet. And I think when people want to influence what people can and cannot create or should create, I think that's very problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it would be great if there's genuine good representation uh, in the games, but you also have to be very, very careful about telling people that they have to make or should make certain mm. things. So I would be very, very happy if there were creative people and voices at Namco who decided to make characters like that, and then that's what they put out, and and then we can react however we um, subjectively want to to that. But I, I am, I'm very, very careful about saying, like, things should take this shape um, just because... Um, to fulfill a political agenda. Yeah. A political agenda or, or whatever it may be, but it's just that uh, the, the creative freedom to create whatever you want. Like I, I should be able, if I want to right now, make up a fighting game that has nothing but extremely hyper-sexualized characters and put that out there, and then maybe everybody will call it creepy and strange, and they might even judge me uh, based on that. But it's still something that I should... to. I think should get to do completely unimpeded as long as it's not actively harmful. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. But, uh, I also completely agree that it would be like super cool if Jun comes out now and, and she's, you know, 60 years old or something, that would be pretty awesome. In my opinion, um, it's an aesthetic that I would appreciate. I totally understand. Uh, I think the point I'm, I'm getting at is any creation is ultimately indicative of the creator and the environment that game was created in, you know? So it's more of a question of, like, linking the homogeneity of female characters in Tekken to the wider social issues we talked about in Japan. Because I think you talked about this once in one of your videos, Spag, that, like, once a woman in Japan reaches the age of 25, they are Christmas cake. It is the cake that nobody wants anymore. They are leftovers. There's a real link between your social value and your age as a woman in Japan? And is this reflected in in fighting games? And is this unhealthy? Is is what I'm trying to get at here. Again, it's represented in personalities as well. We have like absolute psychopaths like Brian Fury, whereas all the female characters are like, yeah, you know, they're they're pretty happy-go-lucky kind of characters. It's it's kind of reductive, I think. But I mean, I want to, you know, post this question to Selena. Actually, it would be uh, personally. I would like to see more uh, variations in characters, uh, especially female characters. Um, so, so, like for fighting games in general, um, I don't go out to like not purposely use female characters. But uh, as a new player in fighting games in general, it's hard to choose which characters should I like should I play like um, when it comes to female characters, because I don't know the difference and uh, in the personality either um, until I go deep into the game. Whereas uh, a lot of male characters, they have, uh, they're different in size and shapes and it's, uh, it's kind of easy to choose from your own preference. But um, when it comes to female characters, uh, they're all pretty and that's about it for me. So uh, it'd be nice if there were more variations uh, just as a preference. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that? I think also, yeah, I think when it comes to um, 
characters and um like it doesn't i mean they can be pretty you know all of them that's fine um you know no we don't don't need ugly characters but it's mm-hmm. like um is is good to 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 if there's if there's a character from Saudi Arabia you know to make him look like you know the way they put the cliff here on the on Shaheen that's mm. cool I like that you know mm. um and the same way with like sort of Zafina you know Zafina has a scarf around her her thing and her her design and that's pretty cool that's kind of like Middle Eastern Pakistani kind of thing right so like uh, yeah just it, make them um, design them in a way which is not stereotypical but like you know that that they're unique you know because I don't want it to be the case that I mean, they, the character already look all the same. You put a different hairstyle on Ling and she'll look like another character, like one of the other characters. It's just crazy. Like, they kind of look the same. If you know what I mean? Like a lot of these characters. Um, so yeah, some sort of, um, just as long as they're unique but, uh, and, and, you know, have some sort of um, connection to where they're supposed to be from, right? That would be, be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would love, love for the Williams to be like actually Irish, Irish please, please. Yeah. Imagine that yeah. Irish accent, bro. Like, something from the North Dublin or something please or Cork <laughs> like, but if you, I, if you haven't if you, if you never told me they're Irish I would never know like yeah. it's like there's it's nothing about someone, someone in the chat just said wait they're Irish <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly but they have American accents exactly right? cool. like, I would kill yeah. for an Irish accent and I'm, I would kill for it I, yeah, I remember yeah. with Shaheen, Harada was so careful about the way they portrayed him. They did a lot of research to be culturally sensitive, um, to, to mm. respect um, Arabic and Middle Eastern culture. And I thought, you know what you could have done to really respect Arabic and Middle Eastern culture is to make this character more interesting, not make him just mm. a horrible hodgepodge of generic <laughs> <But that's> like, <laughs> tools. It's a different discussion, though. But yeah, it's, no, yeah no. you're right. It's kind of a boring character. I, I completely agree. I guess my point was just that, you know, they wanted to make a Middle Eastern character and they tried to figure out how are we going to do that in a way that makes sense and that feels cool. And they put that out there. And But if if there was some sort of, of, of mandate from the community or, or somebody else that you should do this now, and this is the proper thing that you have to do, and mm. then they made Shaheen, that would completely undermine the fact that it was implemented for me. Yeah. 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 So I, wa- I wanted to come, I wanted to come from the creative side, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, forcing restrictions or mandates on creators is not the way to go. Um, and actually, yeah, I really I like Shaheen's this... design. Oh, sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, so that's good. Another thing to just do is like, like we know the story in Tekken 7 is really bad. And, you know, <laughs> there's bad. almost no character interactions. Like in Tekken 5, you know, like all the characters had little cutscenes with each other and they, f- they fleshed out their personality more and it gave them more of a background to them. Like yeah. uh, in this way, Lekens. I know I keep bringing up Soul Calibur as an example, but it's another an Amco fighting game. Like, but the, the the characters in game have like little quotes at each other, like character specific quotes at each other, and it just brings that a little bit of lore to the character relationships, yeah. a bit of personality to the character as well. When Tekken mm-hmm. Seven, it's just like I know it's a thing for Tekken, but like it's just silence. There's nothing, and then the story, the stories are crap anyway. And then there's no backstory, there's no lore, there's no personality, like. And it's, it's becoming more of a super problem. Important. Yeah, it's super important. Yeah. You can't underestimate the strength of character. Most, I mean, the most, the coolest thing about a fighting game is that you are given an unprecedented amount of control over one character. For me, that's the biggest draw of a fighting game. And it's what allows mm. players to, you know, a lot of players have a real bond or attachment with their main. Um, so, yeah, characters 
are central to the appeal of fighting games, and and you really gotta you gotta appeal to that. You gotta recognize that and milk it as much as you can. You know, like give these characters backstories, make this universe tangible and believable. Especially if you want to attract a casual audience, then turn those casual players into competitive players with a good tutorial yeah. mode. Bada bing. You got to turn it all around, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the story, the story mode to some players is very important. You know, if they have a good story, and you know, then the game itself has a tutorial which will, you know, give you that reinforcement that you're improving, and you play it, and the community is nice, and then all of a sudden you got someone who's like part of the community now that's learning the game, sticking with the game. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like Tekken was when it when it came out in 2017, it just blew up. It was crazy. It was so many people playing, and then it kind of fell off a little bit, right? Uh, those people were not retained. Because I guess they thought it's too much of a, it's too much to do to learn the game and to get good at it, and only those who had, like Frame says, you know, who had the will. Um, I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing. I'm not, I'm not, you know, but he goes that they had the will to sort of um, to stick there and grind it out and get good. Those are the guys who have remained, right? And we have a many, we have many of those in the UK. So many strong yeah. players now that have come out of uh, Tekken Seven um, in this game. And that those are the one previously. we. Those are the ones we want. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it's like of course people are going to play the game in the short term and then and then quit and maybe they enjoy customization and and and, and story mode but um the 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 people who do um uh, catch the tech and bug and stick around um those are the exciting ones those are the ones and obviously we want as many of those as possible but you know if you're in the fighting game for the story mode uh, in the beginning i don't know do you really transition into becoming a serious competitive player that often? I don't know. But even if you wanted to play the game, it, with the game not teaching you how, how to play it, yeah, um, and, and other resources not really out there, and it, it being left to, to content creators, it's just not, it's not possible. Do you know what I mean? I, I think a lot of these players, I think Tekken 7 could have had a lot more um, that would have retained uh, mm. or, or, or stayed playing the game. And yeah. like one idea I really want implemented is just, man, Tekken World Tour, dude, mm. honestly, like just have some sort of like tutorial videos made by content creators and uh, pushed out uh, on the on the world tour in breaks so that people can learn that are watching there's people that don't they're just watching because they just like to maybe they play Tekken casually or they play and they're trying to learn certain things and there's so many details i mean it's, it's a deep game it can't all be left to uh the game you can't have the game teaching you everything but for those intricate things for those certain little situations like you mentioned the single backdash a lot um frame mm-hmm. is very important I made a video on it as well, like uh, of Gulanda versus Double, where he does like down four into a, into a back dash and he baited out with doubles uh, standing four and we've punished him and won the round. I watched like, that video uh, earlier today. It was very good. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, just like the single back dash can be so important. And yeah, yeah. The, the game doesn't have to teach you that, but then that's where, the, where we can fill in the gaps. So the game does need to have that sort of thing where it teaches basic fundamentals, like Korean backdash and that. But we can we can then fill in the gaps. It's not hard for the content creators to do so. Um, yeah, and I think that you know Tekken World Tour could be good. And also the Tekken Twitter channel, man. Can you please like post some meaningful stuff that will help people rather than just posting the <laughs> random cosplayer? Like, here's a random yeah, cosplayer. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that, just man, who is running I mean, that? I mean, just get you your, like create a dialogue with this community, a meaningful dialogue. And there are so many ways they could be doing that. I mean, I think that's a topic for another podcast entirely. How yeah. how Bandai Namco could be creating a more productive, meaningful dialogue with their community and the benefits that can come from that. Both to themselves, like from a business perspective, 
and for the community itself, of course. I mean, we all stand to win. I guess, uh, but they also have they have to be careful. I mean, that's a role you can fill, but I don't I don't know. I've never said anything that I, I, I think is hateful in, in any content I've ever made. I guess it's a, a matter of how you in, interpret things, but I have made entire videos about like how Giza's design is a complete perfect metaphor for like cock cheese and, and stuff like that. And I, I, I do talk about like um, nipples and blood and piss in my videos because that's just my vernacular as a person. Um, and, and, and I don't think Namp are going to be like, do you want to... Uh, oh, yeah, you. Piece of the, the nipple yeah. cheese guy yeah <laughs> exactly so i'm just completely like now feeling like i just want to lean into the community and my own community and we do our own thing and we have fun with it and kind of uh you know but then there are unfortunately we have guys like you aria who can who can maybe be the the bridge in that gap between the developers and the community and then maybe through you maybe i can and the rest of us can like maybe you know have some sort of interaction with them but i Build your fucking wall. I'll be here on the fun side, you know, and enjoy the game with the players. And you can just be, you know, the the fucking boring fucker somewhere who makes the game, and then I'll tell you why you're doing it wrong and and just you know, play. And I think it's super important yeah. to, to if if you love something, you will criticize it. I mean, all these uh, we're constantly criticizing tech angst of Leroy or fucking Ram or because the movement's been nerfed or whatever. But it's out of love for the game. You know, yeah, yeah. if we didn't give a shit, we wouldn't be having these conversations. And we all love tech, and we all appreciate it. It's, it's profoundly a deep, you know, uh, expressive game. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of love. Yeah. Oh, I just saw, <laughs> I saw a, um, a message from Rick. What's up, Rick? Uh, he said, we tried to get them those made. We weren't able to get them. And then unfortunately, yeah. So mm-hmm. these are the, the um, I guess, the tutorial kind of short tutorial clips in between uh matches and tech mortal. yeah i think if you can get those implemented that would be really good um would be really really awesome yeah that's it um uh, there was an idea i had for a while man i'm like instead of just showing old matches what could be very useful is just these little yeah. little kind of clips and it just saying hey here's the importance of a single backdash check out this video of an old tech world tour match and you know look how important that was and yeah. it would open the door for players and like oh this is what this game's about there's a lot more to this than 10 hit Combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys, I'm really sorry. I have to be that yeah. guy this no, time, but it's almost we, 3 a.m. here. I'm no, we all got it. I was about to, I was about to <laughs> round this off, actually. But yeah, all we right. kind of went, we kind of went all over the place with this one. Um, but yeah, by by design, because this is all about how to get into Tekken, about getting into Tekken, the challenges of it, not just Tekken, but the FGC. So we tackled the technical gameplay perspective and the you know social. Uh, element of it too. So um, I know when I upload this mm. to YouTube, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, the first half was cool, but then when they got into politics, it all fell to shit." Just don't be that guy. Please don't be that guy. Or be that guy. I don't well, care, you know, it's the nature opinion. of a. It's the nature of a genuine conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I um, think we all we rounded it. We rounded it back to how to get into Tekken anyway. Even if we weren't yeah. speaking about like the politics, you know, we got back into. So hey, it was a good conversation, man. Learn learn things as well. It was cool, man. Yeah. Um, Spag, Frank, Fergus, Selena, thank you so much for your time. Um, well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so you. much. It's very nice Cheers to meet you, Selena. Thanks, Don't give up. Likewise, likewise. You'll be thank fine. You. <laughs> thank you. All right. See you guys. Awesome. All right, Signing take care, out. Bye bye.